what was the party scene in, uh, back in Tallahassee? Because I'm just going to keep on asking until someone tells me. <laughs> What was going on when y'all got back? <laughs> what was the move? Because I, we saw, y'all got to remember, like social media was like really starting to kick then. I mean, I had PJ Williams on the Snapchat. I was seeing what he was doing 24-7, Ronald Darby. <laughs> I had Jameis too. I, I could see everything what y'all were doing. But what hey, was the move? Me. Hey, you ain't see me though. Hey, I, I like to be incognito, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was some streakers. Like we, were, we literally, we flew in and, our bus route, we come and turn left near that uh, Taco Bell, and it was some streakers going to Taco Bell. I'm like, Tallahassee mm-hmm. is the place where sometimes you just got to keep it going. Like, you see some weird stuff in Tallahassee. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go those. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here once again on this wonderful Thursday evening. We just got done with a great interview with Kenny Shaw. Man, I love having him on here. This is the second time. Funny, his accent gets me every single time. We talk 2013 National Championship. We talk about some funny stories between him and Carlos Williams. We talk about his camp that's coming up that is huge. I think me, Nate... Los Delu, maybe Austin. We might slide by. Uh, Austin ain't coming. <laughs> Austin ain't coming. That's a twelve-hour drive for me. I'm good. Uh, but uh, Kenny Shaw was fantastic. Really funny interview. We're gonna throw that to you in the middle of this it was episode. Dustin, let me let me go through the intro first before you say just ignorant, awkward things on here. Uh, but yeah, the Kenny Shaw uh, interview was raw, just like Dustin said. So make sure you guys get ready for that. Let me introduce my co-host with me this evening. Austin VZ Los is back with us up at the top, man. d our lead uh, writer and editor. Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider. And I'm down at the bottom in the toilet bowl. So what's going on evening? Enjoy the Thursday evening with us, man. There's no better. I love Thursday evenings with you guys. So much fun. Let's get this rolling, man. I'm hungry. Oh, my God. You did this last week. Yeah, I'm starving too. I'm with Nate this time. Oh, uh, well, y'all need to start bringing snacks. Uh, but let's jump into it. We just have a little bit, and uh, we're going to talk about first off, five star Florida State land Sam McCall, five star 2022 athlete, firmly defensive back. Uh, Sam McCall is uh, actually was committed to Florida at one point for a little while, decommits. And actually picks the Florida State Seminoles High School's Lake Gibson, uh, six foot one eighty, out of Lakeland, Florida. Thoughts on Sam McCall, Nate, and D. Lou? 
Uh, it's, it's a feather in the cap for this coaching staff. And I think it continues to kill that, that belief that this staff can't recruit. Um, you know, they stayed on him when, when he was committed to Florida. They, they haven't never stopped recruiting him. Um, and, and when you look at what he is as, as a player, kind of like Hunter in that he could play wide receiver in the, in college. Uh, last year he played primarily on offense but he projects as a defensive back in college. He He's tall enough. He's six feet, 180. He's got super long arms, and he's strong. So he can jam you at the line. He's athletic enough to play off. He, you know, he can play safety in college. You know, he's he's extremely versatile. And, and when you look at FSU moving to a 4-2-5, you know, he can play anywhere in, in that secondary. He's got – Really good ball skills. He's effortless. When we watch him play, watch him play, he's just a smooth football player. You know, I think him and Hunter are kind of in that same realm that they could play on either side of the ball and, and excel. Now, I, I compare him a little bit to J.C. Jackson or Janoris Jenkins. You know, those guys who are super tough. Uh, you know, they have that that good size and they they have that ability ability to destroy you in coverage. And I'm really interested to see, you know, where he plays in college. I think he can play anywhere. Kind of like a Travis J too. You know, Travis Jay can play corner, could play receiver, could play on offense. You just don't know how things are going to unfold. But again, a second five-star for Florida State and, you know, from, from, from Florida. So let's keep it moving. Yeah, I agree with what you said. He, he's that modern defensive back, really the type of player that Florida State's trying to bring in now and I think you know really me and you I mean a lot of people I think were surprised on Sunday when he made that decision public because it seemed like he was leaning towards committing more in the summer and he actually ended up on campus on Sunday in the locker room with some players and you know he just got that feeling decided to go ahead and make it public and um it's just it's a really good pickup for Florida State I think it's better that it came sooner than later because now he's going to be able to just join Travis Hunter and continue to build Tribe 22 alongside the rest of the guys already committed. And, I mean, it just gives – I think we talked about it – I don't remember if we talked about Gabe Harris or the 2023 guys committing last week or the week before, but we were talking about all the m- momentum that Florida State has right now on the recruiting trail, and this just adds to it. I mean, what they've done since January to now is – is insane. They're hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good players want to play with good players, so it just continues to show, like, like the 2010 class for FSU under Jimbo. You know, they, you know, other great players are going to believe in the direction when they see, you know, like-minded guys follow and go in that direction. So, you know, I, I think they're going to have to battle a little bit to hold on to him. Um, but I, I, I think that it's, it's a major coup for Florida State. You know, they have two lockdown guys that can start as freshmen. They're that good. And he's that's not from, easy to do. He's from the crib. And, yeah. And first and foremost, I would like to say congratulations, I mean, to that coaching staff um, for, for, for getting him. I mean, last time I heard he was going to Florida. And a lot of kids out of Lakeland, period, go to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think he, he's lengthy. He's longer than 6'1", than he looks. I mean, 
He has has great speed. I mean, I I, I feel like he's either going to play in the deep third or he's going to be a receiver. Um, not overly physical, but he will make tackles. You know what I'm saying? So he's not he's not like a he's not a super thumper. He ain't gonna throw his body in there and take somebody. No, he's not that kind of guy. But he's gonna break down. He's gonna make a tackle. He's gonna play the next play. If he's on offense, he's gonna go get the ball. Um, he had, like I said, he's very lengthy in size and his arms and range. I think his his catch radius is, is outstanding for him just being six one, six two. Um, I think like I think he's a tool in Norvell's on toolbox. I mean, in the class of twenty two, we're getting a great jump. And I think, like you said, Nate, like minded guys want to play with other like minded guys. And so I don't I don't think it's going to be hard to keep him. I think the way Hunter is being a leader in that class and wanting other guys to come compete and play and, and keep Florida State where they are. I think, um, I mean, sky's the limit for this class. Sky's the limit for him as well, playing with other great players. I, I, I too, think he plays on the back end. I, I think he plays safety. Um, and he's just he's explosive, man. Like he's an explosive athlete. And he's really, really good in special teams too. So, you know, there's that third piece where he's an, a dang near elite return man. So, you know, again, just another guy for, for Norvell to put in that, that tool belt as they rebuild that program. Florida State now has two five-star commits in its 2022 class per 247 sports. Uh, number 10th nationally as a school right now for Florida state in that class. So Mike Norvell doing very well. And I, man, if they can stay high like this and have a pretty decent product on the field, man, this class should be fun to keep an eye on. Uh, that's about top it five. for like the, Oh, top five. The <laughs> eight and four, eight and four is top five. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Let's jump into now. That was pretty much our big quick hitters. The main focus right now is to jump into some spring camp previews, spring camps, begins on tuesday so much stuff to talk about so let's jump into it right now let's start off with the quarterback position man oh man oh man obviously the highlight here is mckenzie milton coming in there's been some videos of him working out with players he's been here since january uh coming in as a guy a veteran uh, a lot older than most of the cats here in the locker room and then also you've got jordan travis who started Majority of the games last year was a surprise to many uh, and saved a lot of games too last year. And so it seems like these it's going to be a one and two kind of competition maybe to start off camp. And then you've got your guys behind uh, both of them with Chubba Purdy and Tate Roadmaker. Uh, first initial thoughts heading into this camp and what you guys want to see from uh, these four main guys. Well, my initial thoughts are based off what you know you hear so far with, you know, the, the workouts and everything. I think you know, this is going to be, you know, it's already showed to be McKenzie's team. Uh, I, I think that Chubba Purdy is going to be the second quarterback. Uh, I, I think that's where we where we go with this. Um, not saying that Jordan Travis doesn't have a role. I think that, you know, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast about how you, you, you figure out how to get him the ball on, on offense. I just don't think he's the starter or the backup. Um, for him to be a third string guy, it, it, it's good for the, the quarterback room. But, you know, you have to get him on the field at some point in, in some form or fashion. But, you know, th- this is going to be, in my opinion, moving forward, Milton with, with Purdy as, as the backup. 
Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you just said right there. I think really the way that Jordan Travis is going to get involved in this offense is with that wildcat role, which will give Florida State. You know, he's a good runner. It'll give Florida State the ability to flex between the run and the pass, depending on how they want to run that. I think it'll be, um, you know, potentially more productive than the wildcat they had a season ago with just Sean Corbin back there. And, um, yeah, like you said about Mackenzie Milton and Chubba Purdy, I, I think Milton coming in, as, coming in as a starter and Chubba, you know, having this season to learn under him and just grow more as a leader and watch his habits on the field, off the field, that'll only help him and his growth. And then the spring for Milton is just, you know, continuing to prove that knee is healthy, maybe for him tackling some mental hurdles that he's still dealing with because of the injury. I don't think he necessarily practices every single practice. I think Florida State is going to be really careful with him. He's a veteran quarterback. He's been in college for five or six years. He he can have the luxury of a rest day, you know, if that knee starts to bother him at, at all. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good things to be excited about in that Florida State quarterback room as they start to move into the spring. I'm I'm hoping Purdy's healthy too, because you know he he battled injuries last year and wasn't able to get probably the rhythm he wanted. You know, if he's able to have a healthy camp, healthy summer, really learn the playbook, learn his learn his receivers, you know, he, he's the future of that room right now. Obviously, we'll see once we get to 2022 and 2023, the quarterbacks that come in. But as of now, he's the future for that room and, and his development's gonna be big this offseason. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy. He hasn't. He, he just now recently started throwing. So, I mean, to me, I want Milton to to, to take it. I, I want I want him to go in there and prove that he's a day one starter. There's no doubt that he's going to be the guy. And I want the other guys to kind of to to not 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 like I want them to battle. I want them to go in there and go win the spot. But I want him to separate himself. Is that what I'm saying? I want him to solidify himself as the best quarterback on our roster. Now, I want that to make the other guy say, hey, if he goes down, I have to be the guy. So how am I going to prepare to be the guy? And that's kind of what I want to see. I want to see everybody compete. I want to see everybody get reps. I want everybody healthy. I want it to be a fair shake. So when you shake the apple tree, you know, you know what I'm saying? I want the best one to fall out. I, I just I don't care. I, I just want the best player on the field. If it's Milton, that's what it is. If it's Purdy, that's what it is. If it's Travis, and Travis is not going to give it up easy. He's not. He's had a, had a year under his belt. He's scored touchdowns in Doak. He's played a tough role game. He's beat North Carolina number five at home. He's done it. So, I mean, he's not going to give it up easy. It's going to be a competition at quarterback with him in the mix, with Purdy in the mix, and with Milton in the mix. Mm -hmm. it, it, that's great for Florida State because they haven't had that in a while. No. So. Not, not in a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the thing now, I mean, Milton's got this locker room. I mean, I don't know if anybody's checked social media or anything or been under a rock, but uh, it seems like he's been around his teammates. I don't think he takes a day off or an hour <laughs> off. He's with them 24-7. There's a video that went out on uh, Keir Thomas's, who just recently transferred to from South Carolina. There's a video of uh, Mackenzie Milton going around the locker room with a speaker playing music. And all his teammates dapping him up and laughing at him. I mean, that's just something I feel like was Jim, uh, Jameis esque of just the kind of personality he has. But whenever it's time to get to work, we get to work. Um, and he's definitely, I think, has won that locker room. And you know what I've been told is that 
you know, Jordan Travis is definitely there's no nothing negative of him what he brings to the locker room, but they're two different type of personalities that are in there between Milton and Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis is more of a quiet guy. He kind of keeps to himself. He's not that vocal big time leader. He'd rather, he'd rather do it out on the field and kind of show his leadership. Milton's kind of more vocal, more personable, I think, and getting closer with guys. Um, and that's no knock on Jordan Travis. They're just two different type of people. But whenever you're trying to attract a locker room towards you, trying to become that vocal leader, I mean, it's happening right in front of our eyes, and it's something that is much needed. Any FSU fan would agree it is much needed. And we haven't seen this in so long. It's been- I'm, I'm going to tell you the biggest difference. And as a player, um, and I love your point of view, Logan, to be honest with you, that point of view, I, I really haven't heard that. And that's from a, a you, from a fan's point of view. From a player's point of view, the first thing they see is the player. Show, 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 me, show me what you bought with the pads on. Show, show me what you're going to do with, with the pads on. The guys in the locker room are seeing a quarterback, not an athlete with the football. They see a quarterback. A guy's going to drop back in the pocket, five, seven-step hitch, move, rotate, eyes rotating, hips flip, ball gone, like quick. Like, you know what I'm saying? They see a real quarterback. And it's nothing against Travis because he's a great athlete, and he did. He had a great season last year, very impressive. But that's what the guys see first. When you hear McKenzie Millen, what you hear? Complete package. You don't just hear a scrambler. You don't just hear, you know, him just this amazing throw. You hear everything. You hear winner. You hear national champion, quote unquote. You hear bowl winner. You hear complete package. When you, when you when when some people say Jordan Travis, that's a great athlete. Kind of follow up on what you just said, Carlos. You know, an exact quote I got talking to a current player was, uh, you know, we finally have a, that leader, and we finally have a quarterback. This is from an offensive skill player. And it's not a knock on Travis. It's not no, a knock. No, no, it's Because not. when you hear him, when you say his name, and when you ask any fan, oh, that's a great athlete. That kid, that kid's, a, that kid's an amazing yeah. athlete. They don't say he's an amazing quarterback. And when you hear when you hear McKenzie Milton, what do they say, Nate? That's we finally have that quarterback. So, I mean, Logan, I mean, I, I love that point of view, and I, have, I hope our listeners and viewers understand where we're coming from. I'm happy we have the different mm-hmm. perspectives, but that's what it is. Like A lot of guys in the locker room are happy to see that we have a QB, a guy mm-hmm. that's experienced, he's a winner, he understands what it takes to get there, and now we just have to put in the time, not only the time, but the work to win. And and they didn't have that before, and I think that's what that that's the difference in what we've had in years before, um, these past few, and then what we have now. Yeah, that, my last stance on this is that you've got a quarterback that is experienced and winning, and winning. When Florida State is struggling against Notre Dame, I think you're going to see him if he is expected to be a star. I think you're going to see him on the sideline, really guiding guys. That's just how he's going to be. That's just why Mike Norvell brought him into this room to help change the culture. He's only here for a year, uh, but this is going to change, I think, the whole process of getting that nasty and con- like nasty locker room. They got to contaminate it and try to process this into having a winning culture and you know whenever Florida State's struggling this upcoming season I mean you'd like to have a veteran guy be on your sideline for that uh all right let's jump into running backs and then tight end so let's start off running back room I think is probably the most probably the one that I'm most excited for this upcoming season because of just the different kind of weapons you have with talent we start off with Deshaun Corbin Lawrence Toa Philly 
who had had a very nice, I think a lot of people, he surprised a lot of people. Uh, definitely here on this show, we weren't really expecting him to have a big old season in FSU. You use him as much, but Lawrence Toa Philly, baby nine, showed out last season. DJ Williams transfer from Auburn is here in the stable, along with Corey Wren, who Nate, Nate is always high about Corey Wren, track guy. Jakai Douglas, who got a lot of playing time last year and had made some really good plays too. Trashawn Ward, and then also Deontay Sheffield, um, two guys that might see a little bit of limited playing time this upcoming season. But uh, first initial thoughts on this running back room heading to spring camp on Tuesday. Hey, was it us talking, talking on this podcast about how, you know, there's some thoughts, you know, there's, there's some practices and there's some times where Ward has shown to be the best running back on the roster. You know, he just hasn't put it together yet in terms of learning the playbook and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, for him to be a walk-on, I think that's someone that's, you know, I like him a lot. But, yeah. you know, when you, when you look at the, the, the running back room, we talked a little bit before we came on. You know, I think that, you know, Corbin will be your starter, but I think there's going to be a lot of rotation. And that's probably something that led to, you know, Webb being a transfer was not being a primary running back. And, you know, the way that Norval runs his offense is that he really hasn't had a true 25, 30 carry back that I, that I can recall. So this is going to be a rotational type, situational type offense but i think that you have three guys that can help you in the run game pass game can line up outside uh, i i do think that you know williams would be a guy that will be leaned on later in the game you know that that downhill power runner that soften up the defense and then you know able to bust out a, a big one with, with total philly so I, I like what the what's in the in the room and then you look at a guy like Corey Wren who can line up in the, in, in the slot and take a jet sweep. You know, he's finally healthy. I'm really interested to see what he can do. And like you said, Ja'Kai Douglas, you know, he did a lot from that slot in the, in the screen game. So he can also play running back. So there's a lot of little pieces that, that the, the, this coaching staff can, can do. And, and, you know, they had a really good year running the ball. You know, let's not forget they finished 17th in the country um, as, as a running offense. And that's after losing Ken Makers. So, you know, I, I think that's going to be even better it, it, as we head into uh, the spring and into the fall. Los, talk to me about baby nine, second um, year. I, I like nine. I like nine. I like nine in a lot of different capacities. Um, the issue with the running back room is now Jordan Travis enters a realm of getting touches. And you have to understand that he's no he's going to be in a quarterback race. And if he loses that race, how do we get this dynamic athlete the ball? That's where the jet sweeps come in. That's when the Wildcat come in with the play fake and the triple option, the pass later on down the field, the trick plays. It's a lot going on on this offensive side where your strength has went from your receiving room in the past couple of years now to your backfield is, is, is loaded. And not only loaded with just backs, but now with a quarterback that's now – I mean, the sky's the limit because if he doesn't win the job, he can play anywhere. So from my perspective, I like nine to get a lot of Wildcat. Put him in a slot. He's still young. Let him earn the stripes. I mean, he's played well at the end of the season. Let's see how spring goes. If he earned, if he proves himself to be the number two guy, then he's going to go in there as number two guy. If he's number one, then he earned to be number one. I think Corbin's going to get the nod because he's the he's he's the oldest guy in the room. 
I think that's the fair shake coming in the spring. Let him get the first couple of touches. Let him see if he's actually, you know, the leader of the room. Um, I think Williams came in to get touches. You don't go go. You don't go get SEC talent to let him sit in in a in a running back room where you just lost Cam Akers, where you didn't have a true number one guy in the season. And that guy that performed extremely well is now at a different university. We're talking about Webb. So um, it's a lot to be expected. I know Douglas played a lot of special teams, had a couple, um, had a, some glimpses last year that he could actually really produce. Um, like you said, Nate Ward, haven't seen much of him myself, but um, if he proves to be the guy being a walk-on, that's even better for us. Put him on the field, find a way to get the kid the ball and let him make plays. But that room is mm-hmm. packed. It's very, very packed. There's a lot of talent in there. Um I just hope nobody has the fumbling disease. That's all I care about. Hope nobody fumbles the ball. Hope we got no guys that put the ball on the ground. And um, we'll be fine, man. I can't wait till they strap it up, man. Yeah, I'm excited yeah, like, for that running back room. Like you said, Los, the, the running back room is packed, but just kind of echoing what Nate said, there's a lot of very diverse skill sets in that room. So there's going to be guys that are just being used in a multitude of ways. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of rotation. I do agree that Corbin is – is probably your opening day starter at this point. And, you know, I just point back to what the coaching staff said last year when they come in, they want to put players in positions to make plays. And they're going to do that with that running back room because there's guys that you can, you know, throw to out of the backfield. There's guys you can run right down the middle with. There's guys you can run to the the outside with. There's so much potential in this running back room. There's a lot of youth, so it's really just going to come with them putting it together and also, you know, expected improvements on the offensive line. I, I, I like what I saw from Corbin as the year progressed, as, you know, Webb started playing well and as Tula Philly started playing well. I, I think Corbin stepped his game up, you know, towards the end of the year. He ran a lot harder. Uh, you know, he was putting his name – on that offense. So uh, I think that he's going to be, I think he deserves to be the number one, you know, going into spring and probably as you go into the summer, I think he has shown that he can be that guy for you. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. That's a good point because he was finishing off the season very strong. And I think he saw Toa Philly was right on his heels. The one thing hindering Toa Philly was that he just couldn't stay fully healthy. I mean, he's a true freshman coming in. I did not expect him to get as much PT as he did last year, but he was most certainly by far, I think, uh, one of the most biggest surprises to the season with how the, the skill set that he has and the vision. And I think he's the most all around back that you have there, but this whole room heading into spring camp is kind of like how chicks, when you're at, you're at the strip and like uh, you're seeing like a, just a group of chicks just bashing each other and pulling hair and shit. This is how it's going to be on spring camp starting Tuesday with how many, how much talent there is here just going at it nonstop. I don't know where I came up with that analogy, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody have dreads in this room right here? No. Damn, I was going to say someone's going to be pulling someone's hair, but I guess not. But I'm just saying it's going to be scrappy. It's going to be a fun – this room right here has a lot of talent, but these guys want to get more playing time. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think you should cut that out when you do There's that. Only one I'm football. keeping that in there. Keep that in there. There's only one football. Yep. Who's going to get it? Who's going to get the majority? I need someone is uh, like if I was a coach, how much you need? 
I need 10 a game. Like, if I'm not getting 10 a game, then, hey, bro, you might as well let me hit the portal one more time. Hey, hey, hey well, so let me ask you a question. No. Okay. So, I, I, I have a, a little different thought process uh, of how the game has evolved. You know, if I'm a running back, I don't necessarily want to be a primary workhorse in college. I want to save those miles for the NFL. Yeah, I want to go in and be able to, to show what I have, but I don't necessarily want to go to a school and, and be a guy who gets 28, 30 carries a game and maybe doesn't make their, their second contract in the NFL. And well, I, what, what? I, I, I think that as a running back, I think, you're gonna, I think you started to see it where they go to school with another running back so they can share those carries and, and kind of save some of that wear and tear. Do you Saquon Barkley did that? And Saquon has battled injuries his first two years. But did Sa- but did Saquon do that? Well, Saquon think, was number two overall pick. Yeah, I like. And, and, and I think Saquon Barkley was a big time reach as a number two back. Number two overall. I'm talking about. You talking about longevity, or you yeah. talking about? Let's get uh, I, I, I'm, ta- I'm talking about looking long term as a running back. Oh, okay. Do, um, do Do you want to? I want to be that dude. I want to be the guy because I'm gonna tell you why. And I play, I play with Lashawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. When Lashawn McCoy came to training camp. He didn't do no conditioning tests. Lashawn McCoy didn't lift weights every single day. Like, like he was his 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 workouts were tempered for his body, tempered for his conditioning, tempered. He's a real veteran. I, I would like to be the guy. I want to be the dude. I want to go to the university and be the guy. So, so my so if I go in as my freshman year and I tear it up my sophomore year. I'm not killing myself in workouts every day. My workload in practice is not heavy. We did not kill Dalvin in practice my senior year. You think Dalvin would have rushed for that? He would have broke that that rushing record. We would have killed him in practice. No, I was the workhorse. I'm running everything downhill. I'm doing that. We we need him on Saturday. Not going to kill him. I want to be the dude. I was the guy. I'm cool with that. You're not no. Your temper. Everything is 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 fit for you to be successful. So. I mean, I can't necessarily say I want to go in and be the second guy. No, no, nobody, no, no, no real athlete's gonna sit there and tell you that, Nate. I want to be a second guy. Well, I'm not saying be a second guy. I'm saying share the workload. No, get to the NFL. No, yeah, that's what I would do. Because because Nate, because you're saying that I want to take a pay cut. Then I want to take a pay cut. You want to take a pay cut? You want to take a pay cut? No, I want to maximize. Even if I don't play the all four guaranteed, if I'm a first-round pick and I blow my knee out, my my signing bonus is going to be more money than people are going to make in their entire football and life. Not so, anymore. So what I'm saying is I prefer to be that guy, and I prefer to get that workload. I prefer to – to, that's just me. I care. I'll carry that burden because, honestly, I'm going to carry it to success. I'm so, not – I'm not – I don't like if it if if I'm if I'm a high school kid I'm a running back right now and I'm the best running back in the country I'm going to the school for me I'm going to compete to be me I want to be that guy the number one guy I want thirty touches a game I want all the catches I want all the kick returns all the punt returns I want it all so 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 when you you know talk to a high school kid who you know has that mindset that they want to save some for their future do you look down on that kid? I'm going to I'm going to tell them this. If you go in there with that half-ass attitude, you're going to be left half-ass empty. You're going to come out, you're going to look at your hand, it's going to be half full. 
you will always, you will always end up, if you, in, you take any approach at life, you're a grown man, bro. I wish you would take your ass to your job and say, I'm going to do half the work today. You going to have, are you going to have your job? Yeah, because my hat, my half ass is better than most people's 100%. <laughs> not, not in college football when they're recruiting 100 when they're recruiting 23 of you 23 of you every year you getting 22 in a class 23 in a yeah you can't do that in college football i'm just gonna be the number two dude i'm gonna be cool being the backup this ain't like you ain't charlie batch you ain't no i'm saying you, <laughs> charlie Dilford, you, you, ain't, you ain't matt hasselback yeah. you, ain't, you ain't no career backup you gotta go get it at a running back you have to be the guy you not the guy Charlie Bash, you went you went back for that one. But I mean, like you always talk about, I'm too young to be knowing stuff. So I gave you somebody like <laughs> that you know that was a career backup, great backup, great backup. Came in the game, managed well, but he was a career. You don't the, nowadays you just talk about recruiting. You can never go into a situation where I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna give I'm just I'm gonna go in at fifty. I, I'm okay with getting the 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 left. No, you cannot. I, I'm I don't I don't disagree with you. But I think it's something that we're going to see moving forward. You know, just you know, just not saying that I, I agree with you. I want to that I don't disagree. Yes, but, you I know, you, you, you know, that's gonna, okay. The football you love is going to die, Nate. Yeah, so, it's gonna so die. I'm just it's interested to see how that unfolds. The you football know, you love is going to die. They're gonna, they're taking having that ability to be like, you know what? I'm gonna save it. It's it's like Kawhi not playing back to backs. Like Kawhi, you you're top two best basketball player in the NBA. Like when you feel like playing to your full potential, and you you don't play back to backs. Mm. Like, how are you getting paid millions and millions of dollars to not play back to backs? It's what you do. Like, what do you mean? It's what you do. Like, I like you you give them to say, no, what I don't, I don't, I really just want to cool it. I don't want to. No, I'll just take five or six carries this game, coach. Wow, <laughs> you're gonna you what you gonna break for eighty? 60, yeah. two touchdowns. It was not hard it was to score. I, I I averaged nine carries a game in the NFL, seven carries a game. I scored every nine touches. No hard that was. I didn't even realize I did it to after the season was over with. Kid, you can't do that. And I was really trying to get 20 carries a game, playing behind LaShawn McCoy, mm-hmm. playing with Mike Gillisley, playing with Bright. I mean, that's hard getting 10 carries a game. That's what I'm saying. Give me 10. Gillisley was popping off at, during yeah. Buffalo. So, so that's you know, when uh, – then the Patriots pick him up after that. Yep, and that's what I'm saying, Nate. You can't really go into it yeah. with that mentality because unless you got the stroke of luck I did, is, I mean, that. think about this. Everybody, every, Think about the running backs who drafted in the first round and who's broken that rookie record. And they all been that guy. That's hard. Like, yeah. it's hard. To go, you can't go in there with that mentality. You can't do that. You're going to come out half empty. You're never going to get what you really want out of what you're going to what you battling for. I said we jumped to tight ends. Anybody down? A little tight end action to finish it off. A little yep. tight end situation. Last one. We'll run through this kind of quickly so we can get to the rest so we can have Austin talk his basketball, baby. I don't know why I added baby to Just back there I, eating popcorn, watching <laughs> TV. Goldfish. Did it right. Goldfish. Yeah, goldfish. Big goldfish guy. So let's run through it. Tight ends. Cameron McDonald expected to be the starter. I think we can all agree there. But there's, I think there's a few I little can't. question marks. I, I think, don't agree. All right, we'll get to I that. Hold agree. up. I Hold don't. Up. Why what? is he the starter? Why? Who's going to start in front of him? 
No tight ends because we don't deserve one. Not since uh, Izzo left. We haven't had a tight end since Izzo. <laughs> Hold up. That's, All right, so we got that, that's going to change this year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to change it because they got a quarterback. Then knows where, me wrong. Oh, knows where the hell they are. All right, Prove Cam McDonald, wrong. Jordan Wilson from UCLA transfer. He was hurt last season. Seems like he's a full go. We've seen some videos of him lifting. Preston Daniel, walk on the guy that we've been told is expected to get the next scholarship. Uh, has been impressing very, very early on during tour duty. Carter Boatwright, young guy, and then Wyatt Rector, who was a walk-on, has now earned scholarship as of last year. Uh, this is practically your tight end room heading in before fall camp and other guys arrive like Kobe Gross. Who am I missing? You're missing Jackson West. Jackson West oh, Jackson and, West, yeah, and Marguston Jackson. Douglas. Okay. I'm missing really actually Jackson West. That's actually my bad because he's been the how many tight ends we got on the roster, man. Let me count this up. We got at least seven. One, at least two, three, four, five. Rector got a scholarship, right? How many seniors? Six. So if I think I'm pretty sure Rector's on scholarship. So six scholarship tight ends plus Preston Daniel. How many seniors? None. Uh, one. How productive has he been? Well, he's the guy that tore his Achilles last year in fall camp. Oh, Jordan Wilson. Yeah. From UCLA. Yeah. Oh, so even so Cam McDonald's not the most productive. My point exactly. Why is he the starter? Yeah, not productive like whatsoever. Quarterback. Uh, can I ask about his quarterback, quarterback situation? Wow. I got to ask about his quarterback situation. Definitely wow. tight ends and wide receivers. I will say this is going to be a game changer. When you put McKenzie Milton, who's throwing for that many yards, that yeah, many touchdowns, it's going to find a tight end, Los. It's going to find a tight end. It's good to find the title. All right, so who you who do you want me to put? You know who was throwing to him this last couple of years? James Blackman, your guy James yeah. Blackman, and Jordan Smith. Travis. Jordan Travis, who the offense Smith. under Jordan Travis, the Jordan Travis offense was, I think, the last person to throw to would have been a tight end. I think an offensive lineman would have been thrown to wow. uh, first before a tight end last year. Oh no, Cam had a couple of good games last year. Well, didn't he, he had he, no, he had good games. But I'm just saying, though, he was probably the last on the totem pole to get thrown the ball to because of how many running backs. And- well, let, let, let's just get to it. Okay? And, and bringing for, up for, Jackson West, Jackson for, West. Yes, let's, let's, talk, let, let's talk about Jackson West. Yeah, yeah. real quick, because both you and I have been hearing the same thing on him. So, Go ahead. You, you, My thing is the staff loves them. They say they don't really have too much of a reason why. I know Nate has said that he's gained a good amount of pounds since being here. I know he can say that. Uh, actual amount 20 pounds they're, they're just like salivating the camp is just salivating on him starting camp uh, and putting on pads supposedly he's been impressing very early on definitely during tour of duty lifts uh, watching film uh, he could he's right now I think on my dog he's like the surprise guy coming out of camp like he's going to be the surprise dude because just how the staff has been just talking about him salivating waiting for him to get pads on I'd say the the tight end room. It kind of reminds me of last season because there wasn't there wasn't really a lot of buzz. You know, you don't really have that. I guess elite player at tight end. You know, that's gonna produce more than anyone else on the team. It's just really a bunch of tough nosed guys that are all trying to contribute in ways that they can. Which you know, for McDonald, that's more of receiving. For a guy like Jordan Wilson, that may be more blocking with helping out and receiving as well. Um, 
So it's kind of like the running back room, different skill sets. And then, you know, Mike Norvell, he covets the tight end in his offense. He likes to have multiple formations with two, three tight ends on the field. And to me, you know, now you have six scholarship tight ends. Hopefully, hopefully no one is injured, you know, moving forward through the spring and, and into fall camp like we saw with Wilson a season ago. And like I said, the versatility of those skill sets is going to allow you to play multiple of those guys at, at one time. And we're just going to have to see who rises to the top of that group. Right now, Cameron McDonald is taking the most snaps at Florida State. Carlos obviously doesn't like him. So we'll see if Mike Norvell can find a new starter for you, Los. Hey, so, 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 Los. So what, what would you say – let me ask you another question. What would you say to people that have been around the program for a while, you know, back before, you know, you came along, been around for a while, you know, say that there's a lot of people that think that Jackson West could be, and I use the word could be because you don't know how things are going to unfold, but could be the best side end since Nick O'Leary. You know, he's a guy who's 6'4", 240-ish, 245, running with the wide receivers and, and tour duty. Um, those characteristics that we talked about at running back has those those characteristics of, of wanting to just punish you as a player, um, is super motivated, uh, and, and just has done everything right so far and done it well. So I, I think that's someone that, as a fan – we could and should be really excited to see how how he develops in, in the spring. I mean, got to put I, it together on the field. It's all hype. I think we're all hyped out as fans. You know, I we mean, see it on the field. Can he do it on the field? To, to, to be honest with you, um, I am the guys that's been here and been playing, and in in positions where we need the most help. I'm not talking about developing positions where I'm talking about where we've had guys been in this position are just not getting better at all. Like at tight end, I haven't seen tight ends improve at all, like over the seasons at all. McKinney was, po- was supposed to be – no. He went to Georgia, and now he's – I mean, I wouldn't say because of the usage, but he touched the ball quite a bit. He just wasn't – and then we changed offenses. So we'll, we'll say that. So I hope McKinney he- had one catch, I think, at Georgia, two catches. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have a good season. That that, that was a dumb move by him. He blocked. He blocked his tail off the entire year. And if you know anything about Georgia tight ends, they block for a running team. You got a stable of running backs. The offense changed for him too late. I mean, we tried. We we spreaded them out and throw them throw them screens. Come on, Taggart, you screwed the kid. Jacquez Patrick is running toss sweeps and bubble screens. Come on, you screwed the kid. But <laughs> I, I hope I hope this West kid. I mean, I hope he's every bit as advertised. Put it that way. I hope he's every. I mean, I don't think, I don't think nobody knows about him yet. Six four, oh, two what? Two thirty five. Two. I mean, he's a big kid. Big so, what was he before he came, Nate, on campus? Uh, he was upper two twenties. He's put on twenty pounds. So I mean, O'Leary size tight end. You have the capabilities. Hope you don't wear any gloves. Let's spit, spit, throw some spit on the hands and smack them things together. Go catch some balls. But until you put the pads on, who knows anything? Nobody knows nothing. Everybody can play seven on seven. Even Logan. What do you just say? What do you say? What do you say about that race we're doing? I said even you can play seven on seven. I sure did. I played against Derwin James. Yeah, and we see how that. He never got. He didn't want none of me though. He didn't, he didn't come near me. He didn't cover me. He wanted none of this. 
at all. I was I don't in Tampa think, I don't too. Think he was focused yeah, on it, it would have been like that Zion Williamson video. That little white kid <laughs> that came up to him and was clapping his hand trying to get all hyped up, and, and then he fouled him. <laughs> That's what that would be like. That's what y'all all wish, but that wouldn't be the real thing. Uh, but yeah, no this this tight end room. I think it's pretty much said. I think uh, Preston Daniel had some signs last year. I think he's going to be utilized more blocking boat. Right. got to see more Jordan Wilson. Got to see if he's healthy, but I do think Cameron McDonald is a leader. He's going to be one of the biggest leaders on the team too. Uh, and he and Mackenzie Milton have supposedly gotten really close. So uh, it's always a good idea to stay close with QB one. You might get some more balls to your hands. Okay. My what? bad. Am I wrong? No, I got I got the look. My bad, fellas. I got oh. I was listening, but then I looked. Oh, back. I thought it was off of my comment of ball. No, 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 if you, no. hey, if your comment was dead on, your comment was dead on. No. Dead on. <laughs> I don't think I you heard it. I don't think you heard it, but it was it was ball. If you're if you're close with the quarterback, you're most likely to get more balls in your hands. You're dead on. I think I think Thank you're, you. you're dead on. But I just I feel like here's the thing though, guys that are open are gonna get the ball. Point blank. Milton, Milton's gonna find you too. If you're open, you're gonna get the ball. And I think we have a lot. We have we have a better offensive coaching staff. We have a better quarterbacks coach coaching the quarterbacks. I mean, we have a better a better nucleus of quarterbacks. I mean, I think everything all around is gonna be better. Um, we just have to take the time to build it. With the three groups you talked about tonight, I'm very excited to see the quarterbacks get together. I'm very excited to see who comes out and separates himself. The running backs. I'm. Re- I want to see who gets the bulk of the touches. Who gets. Who gets you? Also, who gets utilized the most in, in, in the most ways? What back? It gets moved around a lot. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then the tight end room. Who emerges? I mean, Cam McDonald's gonna get the nod because he's been here. Um, Wilson coming off the injury, he's gonna get you know some reps. I, I like to see what four is gonna do, and then let the chips fall where they may, and hope these guys you know produce and and hope they step up to the plate. It's gonna be a big spring for Florida State. So so what what if Cam comes out? First day of spring, wearing a Waffle House arm sleeve. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> because he's because he's never open. The walk on, the walk on from Memphis, man, had a longer reception than Cam did all season, man. Stop it. They ran. They did run a trick play to him. Doesn't though. matter, man. He got open. He got open. <laughs> Stop he it. He got open. He was like Waffle Stop House. It. Wide Stop open. it. What did Cam McDonald do? Cam McDonald's doing a good job. He's doing he's got a he's there for the profit. He's got a non-profit helping out homeless. <laughs> he's people. there for the optics. <laughs> he's there for the optics. Nah, right. Speaking speaking of Waffle House, we <laughs> gotta bring up why you using my word. Why are you using my word, man? Amen. The optics, man. The optics. Going like I see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Learning from our mentor with the beard, the gray beard with soup on it. All right, let's jump into <laughs> Waffle House right here. Kenny Shaw, the only the only way you'll figure out the correlation between Waffle House and Kenny Shaw is if you listen to this episode. He was great. I'm going to jump it to you guys right now, not even waste your time because it's too good and y'all waited enough. So here's 2013 national champion, Kenny Shaw. All right, guys, we're here with another 2013 national champion. we got two in the house right now. Kenny Shaw, he's, he's, a, he's a veteran here on Here the Spear by now. We're here with the 2013 national champion. Mr. Shaw is in the house. Mr. 300, do people still call you Mr. 300? Like, is that gone now? Do people remember that? Man, hey, 
You know, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. I get so much random shit when I go out sometimes. It's like, but it, but you know, it's always love because you know, I, um, we came from a good home. Like Florida State is a good home base for if you, for college football players. Cause I hear about my, my friends, teams and the fans, they don't give a shit about them anymore, but it's always love with Florida State fans. And I get a little bit of everything still as funny as it sounds because 300 is actually like cheap cheap type shit and i don't think people realize that then but that's what make it funnier now like people don't realize it it's funny i i'm gonna i have a question about that later on too in the show mm -hmm. but i want to get started and this is the reason i wanted to bring you on uh primarily is because of your camp that's coming up uh, next month on april 17th you've got a big one this is your first one and you have some big time guest coaches coming, uh, some highlighting names. I could just sit here for like 10 minutes talking about them, but we got Jameis Winston, everybody. I think some people know that guy, uh, yeah. Dak Prescott from the Cowboys. We got EJ Manuel. He was on here just a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Telvin Smith, TJ Williams, haha, -Ha Clinton Dix, Ike Taylor. I'm a Steelers guy, so I know some Ike Taylor and, and a ton <laughs> yeah. of other guys. I think I saw Ronald Darby was on there on the website. Added yeah. just a little bit ago, but tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about your idea of doing the camp, how you think it's going to go. Uh, just discuss it with us. Well, the idea kind of surfaced from, um, like I said in a promo video, um, I kind of dove into the coaching world. Um, after like a little adjustment period when my season got canceled in the uh, CFL, um, and it kind of, um, you know, sometimes in life you do things that you don't know is going to be a calling because I, I was literally like at Florida State in spring 19 session while I'm getting, trying to get my degree and um, was like kind of going through the, the ropes with the receivers and Blackman and all of them. So I didn't know at the time that I want to coach, but it kind of surfaced into that. So um, I said after my first year officially coaching, um, I was going to throw a camp and, you know, kind of um, I was initially going to do it January 16th, the day after my birthday, but COVID and facility uses and all that hoorah stuff is it, it got um I had to alter it so April 17th became a date and I said to myself uh, I'm it's gonna be a little bit mixture of a lot of guys that I'll have a walk of life with in my football world Florida State guys you see guys like Taylor and all that you probably asked how that happened and Los will tell you Tom Shaw um and you know the football world is small so I said, you know, it'll be good for my community because that's that's really what I want to um, get across to the community, too, that, you know, being that this is my first one, they've probably been waiting for it for years. And it, it's deeper than what I'm explaining. But, you know, sometimes in the community, they think that you forget forget about them a little bit. But, you know, I'm going to come big. So I'm trying to come with my guys. Yeah, no, it's absolutely gonna be fun i'm asking if i can come i mean i gotta see if me and dustin come by and slide by and man, come uh, get, by, man. Uh, i gotta get some cover <laughs> i gotta get some coverage out there on it because it's stacked you got obviously we already talked about Jameis, but you got pj williams too terrence brooks um have you on elliot uh let's see who else some of course like i said ronald darby what and nigel bradham too got yeah, christian I jones the, I, I haven't named the running backs or the receiver so Obviously, you know, Lowe's oh. a running back. Lowe's, uh -oh. you got Lowe's, you got you got Freeman and all them coming. So hey, it's a reunion. It's a reunion for real. It's gonna, listen, it's gonna it's gonna be funny being down there because a lot of us, oh. a lot of guys get together around Pro Bowl season. 
and how the Pro Bowl, you know how Lando is, mm-hmm. how Pro Bowl didn't get together, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time, man. Not only a great camp, but a good time. Like I guarantee you Dan's gonna check in. I know Devontae gonna check in. It's gonna be a good time. 100 percent I think we got to be there for coverage. There's got to be some kind of media coverage there. So I'm just going to put in my, uh, I'm going to try to get a credential to get in there, Kenny. Yeah, man. Uh, stop messing me on Instagram. You might as well get my number by uh, now. No, hey. I, I, <laughs> you know, I know. Sometimes Instagram, hey, sometimes Instagram, I'd be off that thing. Like, I got to get off that thing. Cause. Dude, I hate it. I, I can message on social media all the time. You just text <laughs> me or call me. That's how I want to work from here on out. Um, but yeah, but that, y'all that, right. Tell them about where they can find the camp um, and then the different age groups because I know there's two different times, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the two different times surface because, of, um, you know, just with the protocol, I don't want to uh, have it too flooded out. So I got a um, first through um, seventh grade session and a eighth through twelfth grade session. And, um, you know, even, even as we going along with this month, like I'm still – I got goddamn some of my old – teammates who don't even play skill positions coming so i might have to open it up for o-line and d-line you know because you know big cam irvin and um timmy jernigan want to come um uh, it's eddie goldman you know so i might have to open it up to some some big them big hippos you know what i mean so tell me about your relationship with dak prescott how'd that come about how do you get to know him well it came about it came about with um tom shaw um he was gosh what year did he come out I don't know a year by 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 heart, but um, we was basically training with each other every day. He needed a receiver to run routes for, and I was getting ready for my season, so it was a good connection for for each other. And we uh, we just stayed along, like I said, with this with this uh, life. And and I, at, fun fact, I asked him on April tenth because initially it was April tenth that I rescheduled the camp to. That's like, oh man, my girl birthday. So I said, hey, don't if I change it, will you come? He said, Hey, I'm there if you push it back to the 17. I said, and then I literally tell him, I said, don't play with me now. Cause look, I will find you. And you think the media coverage is worse. I'm gonna be worse than media. So or Jerry Jones. <laughs> nah, but um that's my that's my boy. So um we we always been close and like, like I said, sometimes, too, in life, too, you don't know somebody for that long, but y'all just hit it off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, like, I, like y'all were just saying, it's going to be a reunion definitely for the 2013 guys, oh, even hey. before that. Like, that's hey, going to be like a – that's what I'm saying. There's got to – we got to be there to take some, some pictures. Media, hey, some of my media guys talking about uh, we're going to mic you up because sometimes they mic me up for my training sessions on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And I said, please don't do that because I'm going to be cutting up hey, – <laughs> Hey, Los, you know, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, hey, Los. I'm telling you, hey, I'm getting uh, um, a GoPro, whatever, body cam just for that, because I'm hey, telling you, I fly, I fly on the radar. They think I'm quiet. But listen, I, no, no, this, though, I was just going to ask Kenny a question like, you know, your relationships and you hear is always he says it's always love. It's always love. Kenny was Jimbo's a part of Jimbo's first recruiting class. But mm-hmm. prior to even getting to Florida State. That area of Central Florida, from Tampa to Orlando, it it, it, it had a lot of great football between two thousand and 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 eight and yeah. two thousand eleven. Was a lot of great football. And Kenny, you got a lot of that great great greatness coming from from your time in high school before you even got there. 
Like, what's some of the, lo- the lifelong lasting relationships you got from being at Dr. Phillips, training with Coach Shaw, and, and even coming out of Orlando before you even got to Florida State? Man, uh, Dr. Phillips, as some people might know, is a big community. And, you know, I I wasn't zoned for it now. They can't – I can't get in trouble no more shit. But I wasn't zoned for Dr. Phillips. But, you know, I got in through it, you know, through with my mom being the teacher at the school. So I got a, a good transfer. But I always knew Dr. Phillips was a community, um, being that Ryan Moore came out of there. Um, shoot, uh, Florida State had a linebacker, Ricardo Wright. So mm-hmm. – at the time, I didn't – I was a Hurricane fan growing up. But, you know, throughout the walk of the recruiting process, shit changed. You'd be like, no, nah, I don't want to go here. No, nah, I don't want to go here. But um, you just meet so many great people. And you, and also, I tell ball players too, I said, you don't always have to be friends with football players. Like, I met some guys who they can't even touch their toes. You know what I mean? Like, they they have no athletic bone in their body. But That's what you picked, Kenny? That's what you picked for not being athletic hey, if you can't touch hey, your toes? Hey, Logan, hey, I just try to be – I'm exaggerative sometimes. That's that's how I teach routes to the kids sometimes. You got to be exaggerative. But I also – um, like I said, like, sometimes a person can't – they're not as athletic and you, you don't write them off. But, you know – um. Alex, you remember Alex, our PT? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alex, oh man, still to this day, he he got me back from my knee, my tearing all three ligaments, ligaments in my knee, like lifelong brother. But it's you crazy. know, the list the list goes on. Like I got y'all, I got ha ha, I got. It's crazy because you know, like okay, Vince came on. Um, we had EJ on and they talk about the guys that they were close with. And it's just crazy that you see the years of guys of closeness and Christian Jones, like, like that whole class, our, our whole first, first, like the center Florida. We like, I, I kind of told it on one podcast. I was like, we had a secret, like a secret commit. Like we were secretly committed to FSU a year before going like Christian Jones, Telvin, like all of it. And it was just like, to this day, from 2010 on, that's why I can't wait for our reunion. I can't wait for our reunion because our reunion, they might have to shut down Tallahassee because mm-hmm. it's going up. Yeah. It has like, to be. That that closest of that. We got so many memories. You got so many memories of, of like, people People say only national championship, but we got the funniest stories. We got the craziest. We got the most dramatic stories that we still can laugh about to this Man. day. Me yeah. and Kenny, man, me and Kenny are a lot closer than a lot of people know, man. Me, me and Kenny, me and Kenny have Kenny have experienced me grow up. Kenny, Kenny has experienced me. Hey, do- I watched every I watch all y'all from afar. And you yes. know, hey, I'm a people watcher. Also, <laughs> Kenny, you watch me from afar, yet very close at the same time. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. But you know, I was I was explaining that the other day. I was like, you know, girls are catty. Like I was explaining this, and I was like, you know, girls are catty. That's why they they it's hard for them to have friendships mm-hmm. long lasting. I was like, guys, like literally my my best friend in South Carolina. I don't, I cannot talk to him for a whole year, and we link up, and it's it's all lights out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, that's just us guys. Like we don't. That's brothers. Dustin, you go ahead and throw that question. I. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought we were saving it for later. Yeah, Kenny, Uh you know, obviously it's not that big, 
Obviously, nah. you played at Florida State, you know, from 2010 to 2013. And during that time, you got to play with three three quarterbacks that all ended up being first-round picks, Christian Ponder, E.J. Manuel, and Jameis mm-hmm. Winston. Who would you say was your favorite quarterback to play with in Tallahassee? Oh, man, this is a, this is a hot seat question. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe, know, it, maybe it is a tough question. Hold up. Maybe well, it's bigger well, than I thought. You know, hey, you know, some, you know, they prep was a lot for interviews and shit before we even take an interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, so about, but to get around this question and to be as honest as possible, <laughs> they all had certain traits that made you gravitate towards them, like, uh, EJ threw me my first touchdown. I would forever be indebted to him. He hosted me on my recruiting trip when I was a senior in high school. Um, Christian Ponder, oh, man, he was the first college quarterback that I was like, this dude works. You know what I mean? Like, this dude, he's squatting with the D lineman. Like, Christian Ponder was his, – his work ethic was – he was the first dude actually to to take on Jimbo and can shut Jimbo out, and I respect him just for that. You know, because Jimbo was a intimidating coach, and at, especially at the quarterback position, it, it was just like he's right behind him in practice. Like I was like a little net, and it's like that's tough. <laughs> but um, and then you got Jameis. Like Jameis will forever be a brother. Like we shared, we shared. The same birthday week. Um, we got a title together. Shit, we got some great nights out. Like, you know, it all of them have they they walks and and mm-hmm. then, like me and Carlos can both attest to um each guy on the team. It can be some it can be a guy that we forget their whole name, but we see him in person and we be like, holy shit. And call him his nickname. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, that's just college football. Like that the years you spend is I was going to appreciate ask, it as we get older. Yeah, I have two questions here. I was going to ask, going back to Jameis, too, and I know Lowe's can also comment on it for both of you guys. What was it like going through that year with all the press and media? It felt like they were right outside the moor every single morning. I mean, they were all over Jameis and the accusations that were being made. But how did that, you know, how were y'all able to block that out? Was it Jimbo? Uh, was it y'all's media relations helping block that out? What? How, how as a team because it also had to affected you guys too seeing y'all's biggest leader you know just getting you know derailed on social media yeah. and get hit with articles every week how how do y'all go through with that man like i say when you when you sweat you bleed and you also go through so much with a person it it kind of makes you take on that person's problem and once that happens, it makes everything that much more easier. Like, literally, I, I, we had no stress that year. We still had fun. We still, you know, media come out. Oh, we still grind the next practice. Like, we, whatever it took, we knew that we had a goal at hand. So, man, it was a lot of it was a lot of key factors to that to that year. The trainers, we had great coaching staff. Shit, the players. For everybody from damn the equipment managers who, you know, we were just, we just had a goal and, you know, I, we would forever appreciate that. And it was, it was, it was, it was no pressure. Like to, 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 to add to that, to Kenny said everything that was in detail, but the word was win. That's it. 
Wanna how you kill media? You win. You wanna how to shut people up? No matter no matter what's going what what no matter what goes on outside those walls, when you line up inside a doke or your plane takes a trip to an opposite city and you put on pads and cleats and you're inside the white lines, you come out with a W, the media can't say nothing else because you have to talk about the win. You gotta talk mm-hmm. about the win. You have to talk about the win. You have to talk about you couldn't say nothing else until after the season was over, until we until we lost. You couldn't say nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to wait an entire year of going undefeated of him. I mean, of what they say, him doing what he wanted to do, and him having these outbursts or whatever, but we were winning. You can't talk about nothing else when you're winning. You can't have allegations going on when you're winning because you got to keep talking about the wins. And I think, like, we talked about it with EJ. EJ said it, the scene, the, the leadership that, that came with Kenny, that came with Christian, that came with Telvin, that came with those guys before our class, that's what they uh, they understood that, hey, we, we the old heads, we got a young guy, Okay, maybe he, it may be this, but I know if we keep winning and we keep our eye on the prize, we're going to be fine. And that kind of rolled over to the next year. We had a lot of young guys on the team, but we knew if we kept winning, Cam, Rashad, O'Leary, the whole offensive line, we knew if we kept winning, focus on winning, focus on the next game. Then the folk, we couldn't worry about the media, what the media was talking about. It didn't matter. Not 100%. So I, I got a question to follow up on that. It's a good segue. When did you know that team was going to win the national title? Like walk us through, you know, just your thoughts on that season and how that season went. Uh, shit. Hey, honestly, I knew it was going to be special from the time where we didn't have coaches to force us to do seven on seven uh, right after classes and stuff like that, which was – it was a thing – the year is falling, like we had to make group chats and everything, but just to have a whole team doing seven on sevens before spring ball, that's big. There because was a it, lot. It's, it's a certain grace period where the coaches can't really force us crazy. anything. Mm-hmm. That was crazy though, because even Stork and and Olama came out and did steps and they came in at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, did steps. Then they worked yeah. out. And then they and then they went to class and then we had like and I yeah so before yeah that's crazy though we really did govern ourselves yeah but that that comes from each year we just elevating like we, yeah in ten we 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 beat a good South Carolina team and in eleven we beat a good Notre Dame team then we hit the Orange Bowl and then we was like hey man we made it to BCS what's next why not and, no yeah like it's sky's the limit. And, and you were known for your ability to, to run routes. So, you know, I covered you some in high school from the mm-hmm. old scout.com. So, I, you know, I, I've been familiar with you for a while. And even in high school, you were just better than guys when it came to route running. And, you know, you just got better at, at, as your time at Florida State went on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how did that all come about? You know, what was it working with Tom Shaw? Was it just – you know, natural ability, combination of everything. You know, how did you become that guy who can was so precise? Shit, hey, I wish I could have answered the question way back in the day, but I figured my question that what the question that you asked, like I figured it out as I'm like coaching these kids nowadays. Like I like I think that I tapped into my why why I'm playing football. I wanted to get out of my situation out. You know, I knew moms couldn't handle paying for a prestige college like Florida State. You know what I mean? Like I, I kinda so I, I made it a thing in seventh grade. I said, you know, I'm gonna earn my scholarship. Like, like you ain't gotta worry about none of that. And 
And then I also I kind of tell the guys, you know, everybody want to go on with their strength. Like, oh, I run four four. All this, like, I had the um, I knew my weaknesses, and weaknesses was always is going to be size. It was going to be I wasn't the fastest, but so I had to tap into that and work on how I can get around that. And mm-hmm. I knew routes was going to be a thing, and I just took it took off from that. Like, I knew that if you couldn't touch me. And if I can do something, like I told Logan, I can be exaggerative with it, then I'm going to make it far with this. I got I, Logan, I got two funny little little snippets for you. First time I met Kenny, he had a Tennessee volunteer hat on. He was this big. And we I met did. Him off. <laughs> and we was like, Coke, like we met him, met Nick Patty and um, the other guys from that. Like, who is this? Nice to meet y'all, blah, blah, blah. And Coach Shaw say, hey. Vince, Carlos, watch this kid run a route. And I'm talking about Santonio Holmes out there, Calvin Johnson's out. Hey, watch this kid run a route over the dollar. Watch this kid run a route. And IT lined up on him. IT, first day meeting him. Kenny put sauce on him. Quick slant. Boop, 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 boop. Knees inside. The boy like a baby giraffe. Knees is tight. <laughs> From that day forward, we knew they called him Snoop. Snoop Menace called him Lil Snoop. They oh, knew they, they did call me Snoop. I'm like, what y'all they knew he was gonna Snoop be great. No, I thought he was calling me Snoop Dogg this whole time. No, but they called him Snoop Menace. They knew he was gonna be great. I got goosebumps. And then you remember we ran my freshman year, we still had the big hills on the foot practice fields. We ran mm-hmm. down one-on-ones, and John and the combi ran up to go against you first in one-on-ones. A combi. Oh my god, Listen, how do you remember this? He hit him with the with the sickest, like off the line. Beautiful hezzy off the line, quick feet. He sat he sat him down. Coach Stoops yelled at him and said, Son, as long as you wear guard on the goal, don't you ever go first in my <laughs> line again in one-on-ones. Don't you ever do that again. Kenny was deadly. Like it was very select few to, to go up against Kenny, to go up against Burt. Nobody just lined up there. That I mean, that's a, dangerous, man. Dangerous. No, I tell the guys, um, like I say, I got a whole receiver in. Uh, core and I actually had one of my receivers get a Florida State offer two weeks ago. Like Dugan's hit me up and it's like, hey, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, that guy's gonna be good. And I and I and I told this guy too. I was like, you know, the quicker that people learn that you can't be like this guy on the TV, you have to tap into your own self. Like you have to find. It's not bad adding something into your bag, but you still have to find yourself. And I I went to I went to Florida State one fifty five. That was my and that was probably with my cell phone and everything in my pocket. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but you got to find yourself. You know, like, and you can say the same thing. Like you knew you were, you knew that you had to be Carlos Williams. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I was going to ask you uh, real quick. Who was the hardest? DB you've ever gone against and it can we can start off at FSU but it, maybe it is at FSU but which one at FSU was the hardest you went against hey I knew every time Jordan lined up it's gonna be a battle then I knew if I had was on outside Xavier Rose it was gonna be a battle and then sometimes I get a snippet of Jalen Ramsey and then if I had to go deep, I knew I had to outrun Darby, which is hard because he's a 4-2. So it was just, you know, iron really do sharpen iron. So with 
as as college can attest to this, our practices were battles. Our practices were harder in the games. If I'm being totally honest, like our camps were, it got to the point where it was like you might you might have to have security out there because we going we might get in the scuffle. More uh, so because we're tired of shit than trying to get it <laughs> and get a break. Real quick, roll around real quick. Yeah, hey. even even Jimbo talked about that. You know, hey. on a podcast this past year, a practice where you guys went what thirty two times at goal line. Bruh, man. You know? Hey, hey, you know what? I was happy as shit because look, it was a long practice. And you know, goal line, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna keep 165 in there. You're gonna have <laughs> one receiver, your jump ball guy. And so them 30 them 30 plays, I'm just watching it with amazement, like, hey, they are hitting. I'm glad I'm not running back. I couldn't <laughs> hey certain th- people think I'm tough, but other positions, I I give my hats off to them, but that was a that that stuff like that builds the identity of a team. You know, what I mean, like, mm-hmm. say we folded in those first five, like the offense was like, oh, I want to hang up practice. We no. want to be the same. No, every new team. No, we not. That, it just it's just that that team wouldn't let it happen. I think you're gonna have to get security for your camp uh, next month because the story of <laughs> Timmy Jernigan ripping kids. Friggin' helmets off. I mean, we gotta make sure. Hey. We gotta make sure. Hey, I'm t- glad he on my side. I'm glad he on my side. Hey. <laughs> oh no, he'll watch out for you guys. I love Timmy Jr. He's my favorite man. But is he is he supposed to come to the camp next month? Yeah. Like I said, I still each each day I, I do a different position group. So mm-hmm. I think I I think I'll do D line next. Then I go to running backs. Then receivers. I do that last. True. Uh, speaking of your toughness too, and I'm sure it's been asked so many, th- so many times, obviously mm-hmm. the hit against number one, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. 2011, second quarter, 13 minutes left, about had a touchdown right here, but the hit that you went through, tell us about that, the recovery from it and everything. Mm-hmm. That was a brutal hit. Hey, it was C- Seattle. That was a call in Seattle. I have a hash read, whether it's cover four cover, um, Three. If it's covered three, if the safety in the middle of the field, I keep it up the hash. If it's covered two or cover four, I bend it in. So it was it was a cover four look, and literally all I remember is just boom touchdown. Like I, I saw, I read the field, I knew it was coming to me. Like sometimes when you know you get that call, you know that it's coming based on film study and. I knew it was coming, but I didn't know the sandwich was coming. So I tell everybody when they ask me to, I was like, they were like, hey, did that shit hurt? I was like, honestly, no. Like, I came back and played in the Clemson game. They caught the same damn play, too. And I'm not going to lie, I was scared in Death Valley when they caught it coming off and knocked out the week prior. So for the record, the hit didn't hurt, but – the Florida one hurt like shit. Yeah, that one was nasty too. Hey the, hey, the Florida one, that's the one I had. If you run back that clip more and more, you'll see me. I tapped the Dossy like I celebrated the, the act like I didn't get hurt, but I came off the field for sure. <laughs> you had to do it in front of them Gators. And speaking of local, speaking of the Oklahoma game, we've talked to EJ Manuel and Vince Williams about what was the best environment they played, and they always seem to go to that Oklahoma game. Uh huh. What would you say was the best environment you had played in at Florida State? 
at Florida State? Or just in your career, however you want to do oh, it. I mean, at Florida State, definitely that game, no no question. I mean, shoot, LeBron James was watching that game, you know, and it was a, it was a big one. Basically, it was a big one because, you know, people don't remember that year that we went up to Oklahoma and they, they mercy ruled us, I think, you know. Like it was – I don't know, the score is like 63 to like the 14 or something like that. But they – put a whooping on us, but I just know that that game for sure as a home game was the most between that and Clemson, but nothing will ever beat the Rose Bowl uh, feeling. And I bring up the Rose Bowl because I literally I was talking about this to a coach today. He was like, he was like, when you played at the Swamp, do you feel like that old historic type moment when you walk in there? Like, do you feel like a lot of – Legends on came through that. And I said, you know, it's crazy. You actually kind of do like it. It's just. And that's what I felt like with the Rose Bowl. It feels like it's like an older stadium that a lot of greats on came through. And it's same, I can say the same thing about in the swamp. Kenny, when you, you scored a touchdown in quite a few stadiums, like what it like what what's the most satisfying place you've scored in? Like when you scored, you're like, wow, I've scored here. Was it at Florida State when you finally scored a touchdown, knowing that a lot of receivers have came here and scored in this stadium? Was it like a surreal moment? Well, the first one's always a surreal moment, especially how mine came. It came like literally like in a in a grind, the grind time, you know, they put in the backups. Me and EJ, it was just a simple rollout play. And I scored my first touchdown. It was just like, damn, like I was just in high school last year. Like this, this don't feel right. Like I have no choice but to go celebrate mm-hmm. later on at Chubby's. It was Chubby's at the time. I have yeah. no choice but to celebrate tonight because this is a big moment for me, and nobody sure. can take this away from me. But obviously, um, another surreal moment came um, scoring after the Oklahoma knockout. Like in Clemson, it was like, damn, like I was just in the ER uh, the week before, and I'm scoring a touchdown by – with Clinton Tricky, like a guy, another guy came in to Tallahassee with, and it was like, it's a, you got a couple of surreal moments. I feel like each touchdown in college football because you plan for so much more than when you get to the pros. It's every feeling, it means something. Shit, just seeing the horse come out, it means something. You, you get the goosebumps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whenever, yeah, I mean, go ahead. While, while we're talking about you scoring touchdowns, actually wanted to bring one up, you know, back in, back in 2013, you guys were playing at Boston college and you were down 17 to three, battled all the way back. There's a couple seconds left in the half and Jameis just chucks it up to you. You come down within the end zone, y'all take the lead and go on to win the game. What, mm-hmm. what was that moment like? And can you just describe the play? Oh, the moment was, you know, how y'all initially asked about the Jameis situation and how we handled all that stuff like that year. Um, Every Thursday, uh, Carlos would test again. We hated Thursday because it was a lot of sit- – Thursday was our situation day, and we had situations where it's like we backed up coming out of the end zone. We had two minutes, and we, we always worked two minutes. So we never worked the hell, Mary. We always worked the jump ball, but KB was the jump ball guy. You know, I was always like the if – they, if he tip it to me, I'm in front, but – that play was just um, – shoot, 
literally felt like just God would just had me just grab that shit honestly. Like it was it was a scramble drill. Um my football um I guess my football uh skill set kicked in at the time too. Like I, I try and explain it all the time, but it's hard to explain when you're not in the moment no more. But at the time watching it, it was definitely like I'm glad the uh, damn referee ain't called uh, a not getting set by uh, Pops, though. You know, Christian Green, he wasn't set on the play. I'm like, no, that could have easily been a <laughs> in the flag. <laughs> yeah, you know, Pops, but that's Pops, though. Pops, oh man. Hey, Christian Green, hey, you gotta love. Yeah, that's what. That's the thing. Uh, you, that was, you ask Kenny, you just gotta love Pops. Freshman roommate, hey, that's my first college roommate, Pops. <laughs> His nickname. Like, <laughs> Christian came to university 45 years old. Yes. <laughs> Christian Green lives, acts like an old man. Like, 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 like he's been 75 from the day he stepped in college. Is there any, uh, that, that throw by, by Jameis is one of his best throws he's ever had. Now, that was nuts. Were, were you surprised? I, I know you were, you know, a scramble jewel and you ran down the sideline. Were you surprised when you saw that ball coming to you? That he made that throw. Uh, surprise. I wasn't really surprised because you know that guy, his body might not, his body might not look like it, but he can do some shit. Like, you know, he looks great he, now. Yeah, yeah, he do. And you know, I think that's because his his adulthood, the manhood yeah. is kicking in now. Yeah. Before he was just he was just an uncle, uncle Joe, you know what I mean? Like he was, <laughs> yeah. but uh he always had a knack for just getting out of anything so mm -hmm. we knew that as a receiver but i knew when he threw that ball in the air my eyes got really big i will not lie about that but i knew that hey it's just me and this guy and it's on me and once i came down with it i said hey what celebration do i do <laughs> <laughs> was that a 300 one because you got to tell no, us about where the 300 came that was, from. I, that was like some Terrio shit. Like, I wish I would have Kodak Bop or something. Like, I don't know. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you, know you, you know, sometimes you you see some old stuff with you, and you're like, dang, I wish I would have. What did Jimbo said to you when he got back to the sideline? <laughs> nah, Jimbo ain't say nothing. Jim, you know, one thing about Jimbo, he's a hardcore, intimidating coach. But when you win in and you're doing it in the – Cause we were still humble. Like that team was very humble for what we got hit with that whole year. Like, and at one point he just let us be loose a little bit. And once, once you get a green light to a team like that, it was no way we was going to lose. Nate, go ahead with yours. Where are we asked that, bro? We already talked about the national championship. Oh, Jesus, Catch I'm just up. all. I know, I know. How how was it though being in Pasadena? Because y'all, maybe I'm just I'm just the, the, eager to find out what the part what the party was like when y'all got back. Was there any kind of situations? We had Freddie on uh, two weeks ago, and he was saying yeah, the situation in Pasadena. He spent all his money at the Gucci store. Gucci Freddie, uh, Gucci Freddie. You know, everybody, everybody got their own little stories. I know, I know. I took my night in kind of calm because I knew we had a flight. That's one thing about Jimbo. He was. He wasn't gonna let us stay too long in a in a away in a away game. So I knew we had to be on that flight. And I was gonna save my celebration for Tallahassee, which is not a bad place to celebrate in. Yeah, well, well I like the, the Rose Bowl is like the 
ultimate stadium to, to mm-hmm. play in, in my opinion. Um, you know, so you know, like you already said that, that, you know, that was a great place to play in. But for Florida State to win a national title in that stadium was something that I always wanted to see. So it, it was awesome to watch as a fan. What was the party scene in, uh, back in Tallahassee? Because I'm just going to keep on asking until someone tells me. <laughs> what was going on when y'all got back? What was the move? Because I, we saw – y'all got to remember, like social media was like really starting to kick then. I mean, I had P.J. Williams on the Snapchat. I was seeing what he was doing 24-7, Ronald Darby. <laughs> I had Jameis, too. I, I could see everything what y'all were doing. But what hey, was the move? Me. Hey, you ain't see me, though. Hey, I, I like to be incognito, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but it was it was it was just a blessing. Like everybody was enjoying it. Like you know, people have been waiting a long time. It was love. For, yeah, people was waiting a long time. So, it was, dude, it was nothing that was gonna be looked down upon. It just to put it like that. <laughs> Los, you ain't commenting. Man, listen, I'm. A- <laughs> The, the streets ran rampant. Oh, listen, the streets ran crazy. I got oh, off. Oh, when we when I we got off the bus, in, you know, I didn't go home. Where's that taco? That Taco Bell on is that Tennessee Street? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Tennessee. West Tennessee. It was, street, it was some streakers. Like we were, we literally we flew <laughs> in and our bus route. We come and turn left near that uh Taco Bell, and it was mm-hmm. some streakers going to Taco Bell. I'm like Tallahassee mm-hmm. is the place where. Sometimes you just got to keep it going. Like you see some weird stuff in Tallahassee. Well, listen, when we, we when we when 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 that bus came when we came around to the stadium, we could oh, barely man. get in the stadium. We could barely get in. I had my book bag on. I had a suitcase. I didn't even go home. Mm-hmm. Go, go home for what? No, man. I mean, it Where's was lo- like, it's lo- it was all love. I mean, like I mean, the city had been waiting. Like, we won the first BCS. I always tell people this: we won the first. Glad crystal ball, the first one, and the very last one they made, we took it out of there. And nobody can say that. I mean, I mean, when you win a, a crystal ball like that, I mean, it's it's treasure, man. I mean, it's crazy. They don't make those anymore. They had a whole. They, they, still, got a, they still owe us something for not doing the White House thing. They they wild for that, man. <laughs> yeah, what was up with that? Y'all ever get any word back? I think, from that? I, I think we all know because that was because of Janus, man. Hey, I'm gonna tell you the truth though. We would have the food okay. up there. Hey, <laughs> like, hey. Listen, LSU might have, might have been danced with the with the first lady. Yeah, that, hey, we want to we, we want to see the secrets. We we want to see everything we're not supposed to see. We got people walking mm-hmm. off. Not we listening. Too to authentic. We were just two us. Like yeah. You know, like, listen, but um, like I said, hey, I would take not going to the White House over a reunion coming up any day. So yeah. instant classic. We, we talked a little beforehand, but we're we're partnered with Chick Fil A now. So, what is your go to meal at Chick Fil A? Shoot, hey, I this just is... got put on. I just got put on the breakfast. I never had the breakfast until the other week. Pretty good, but my go to meal is this. Depending on how hungry I am, I go with the nuggets. So I either go with the eight or twelve with the Chick Fil A sauce and. A frozen lemonade thing. Oh, that thing is love. You got you got grilled had the frozen fried. lemonade, huh? Grilled or fried nuggets? Grilled. I mean fried. Okay. 
Oh, okay. What's the sauce? The, uh, the biggest question for me is always sauces. I'm going to barbecue spot. I'm going to get chicken. What's going on? What's the sauce? Chick fil A sauce. The regular, nothing else. Keep it nice and simple. Oh, man. Hey, I like to keep it nice and simple sometimes. I don't want to do too much on my sauce, but <laughs> you can't go wrong with Chick fil A sauce. Uh-uh. No, it's good. It's Unless magical. Y'all sponsored by them. Y'all going to put me on? What, what am I? Oh, missing no. out? I'm bra- <laughs> hey. Hey, I'm bringing, I'm bringing, I'm bringing you a few of these. I got, we got some free meal cards. I'm going to bring it on April. This will be my credential. These will be our credentials. And we got to bring it for the whole camp. Bring those at the gate. Bring those at the gate. Hey, we hide, we hide them from Timmy Jernigan though. He can't, he can't see these. (laughs) Logan, what's the sandwich? I'm like, go ahead, Carla. What's the sandwich? The a spicy grilled. It's got to be the new spicy grilled, in my in my opinion. It's good. It's heat. If you like spicy, that spicy grilled one is. They just introduced it a couple of weeks ago, but that that hits differently, and it's grilled too, so you feel better about yourself when you're ordering it. But it ain't changing much. But <laughs> now it was it was one point in life though. I gave Chick Fil A up for a whole year. You have to. It gets a dick, and then on Sundays you no, crave it the, the most. No, the Chick Fil A, the Chick Fil A bowl game. They gave oh. it to us for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack. <laughs> and I literally, hey, hey, I came from Atlanta and I said, hey, y'all go in that damn line and chick fil like, I ain't going to it. Like, I ain't done. <laughs> Forgot about that. Too much, yeah, I'm just kind of sticking with the uh, food questions. I think you mentioned Chubby's earlier, but I guess overall, what was your favorite place to eat at in Tallahassee? Hey, top five, definitely Chubby's Chicken. Hey, top yeah. take Chubby's like, over Guthrie's. Hundred percent. Chubby's chicken. I don't know. We got a lot of people that come on here and they're Guthrie's I fans. Another, I got a couple more for you. I missed the head out of Mister Roboto. I did too, oh, man. Okay. Hey, look, look. Hey, it's I so got good. One. I got one. That's a good one. El Jalisco. You want to go Mexican? Yeah. Okay. And. You know, not I like to keep the the chain going. You know, I'm a Hooters fan. I will admit, I like Buffalo at Hooters. You don't like Hooters? That's all you like. Hey, the (laughs) Buffalo shrimp. You got? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, what else? Um, what's the place? Um, oh, Hobbit Hobbits. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Hobbit Hobbit has Jimmy Milts. Jimmy Milts. Classic. Got. Tallahassee got too much. If you're on a diet, stay out of Tallahassee. <laughs> what about what? What about Waterburger? You still you kick it with Waterburger? I, I never had Waterburger in my life. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. But I, I've always seen people go in there. Oh, so, you've always seen people. Go there's in. there's nothing like a 3M Waterburger run. Nothing. No, li- no, literally, I never been in Waterburger. What? But I'm pretty sure it's good because it's always it's always somebody in here. <laughs> oh no, it's always packed too. If you're going out, that's the place to go after you're going out because, boom, you get, you always want greasy food. So I mean, the drive-through takes forever. Uh, but the West Tennessee oh, Street, three a.m. I might sit my head in the Waffle House. Los, you with me? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, you know what's crazy too, Los? I'm gonna rock it. I might rock it this year. But I got a Waffle House half sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I swear, if you rock that, go, hey, uh, I swear, I swear, I gotta wear it at oh. the camp. 
That would be way. some classic. That would be classic. We got to see this. A Waffle House sleeve. I was I mean, making sure you didn't say that. I was hoping you. Hey. You got to put you know that on right now. You know what the motto is with this? What is going hey, you on? Open, you got to be open 24 uh, 7. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm open 24 7. Give it to me. I got to get a picture for Twitter. Hold up. All right. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> they got to be now open 24 7. Now, you got it? Yeah, I think. Wait, yeah, now I got it. Hey, Lowe's, I saw him cooking my bacon. I said, hey, man, I rock half sleeves. You know, that's my thing. I do one half sleeves. Mm-hmm. I said, can I get one? He went to the back and gave me two brand new ones. <laughs> 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 oh my you gotta wear you gotta bring at least one of those next month to the camp Bro, too it's, hey please matter of fact you better hey i will go find another one <laughs> the mvp get a waffle house half sleeves uh. oh man <laughs> well, hey this kid right here been open all camp man hey you know what i did say you know what i did say about that too Los. i said man this camp no goddamn award i'm t- this this generation now, they they too much. They give like fifth graders. Oh, this the all American. You be like, what the hell? How is he a fifth grade all American? You remember like, what teacher like- used to tell me? You huh? cannot talk lows until you play a down in high school football. I couldn't talk at workouts. <laughs> no, From middle school until my sophomore year of high school, I could not say a word at workouts. When nine o'clock hit, I had to stop talking until three fifteen. Until we stopped working out. Because there's some talented kids, but I never like to I never like to have a kid limit himself to he the best right now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's what you get nowadays. You you get a lot nowadays, definitely with the camps and stuff. You so get the guy you, go ahead. You, you don't like those uh, ninth grade committing to under armor all American, you know. <laughs> oh my god. You have no idea how the, how this kid's gonna you know, progress and if he's maxed out yet, you never. All right, that's my that's my question to you. Since you've been covering doing all this for a long time, how do you feel about all that? I Is think it too it's too early. Think, I think it's way too early. I I I think you don't know what a kid's going to be until at least his junior year. You know, I I think you have the one-off kids like a Darwin or this Travis mm-hmm. Hunter. Yeah, you but, have some rare. You have some yeah, rare. Kids. Yeah, you have some rare kids, but to to just name a. 200 kids as all Americans, I think is just, is a participation trophy. Yeah. I, I, I think that maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I think that junior year is a pivotal year for, oh, for, year. Any, for any football player that's trying to get that, uh, that scholarship, man, you got to really show out and hit the camps and go to the Nike camps, go to the, whatever you can to get exposure. And I, I, I think it's so saturated now. You know, it, it, there's announcements for announcements, and it, it gets to be a lot. I remember there was one Nike camp. There was one camp. One. Yeah, we had was, we had one Nike. Top, we had one on the. We had one Under Armour, and that it was just like it was. It was invitation. Like if you if you yeah. got one in the mail, it said you're invited to the Nike Combine slash camp. Yeah, and, and it was in Orlando. Yes, so if you if you yeah. better hope to make it because he wasn't going. Now there's one in Miami, Fort, Fort Myers. And how you get invited was Tampa, you went to the, Jacksonville. It's you went over. to the Combine. The Combine right. was in Miami, Jacksonville, Gainesville, and Tallahassee. It was four different locations. Yep. 
You can only go to one combine. You only go to one combine, and from those numbers, they invite people to the camp, and that's where you did your one-on-ones. That's where you did your instruction with the coach and all that kind of stuff. One, I went every year as a receiver. I used to cheat every time. Ask, I was in Kenny's group with Clint Trickett. Remember, we, 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 was at, we was at UF. We only let Clint throw us the ball. Yeah. That was my junior year. We only let Clint. We only let Clint throw us the ball the entire Nike camp. <laughs> I, I forget who, uh, who who said it, but uh, you know, a lot, a lot of these kids now are evaluated just off what they do in shorts, and I, I think that's oh, the man. biggest thing that has hurt the evaluation process is that there's too much of a a dependency on what a kid does in a seven on seven study and not in pads. True. Right. So. It's just, it's just changed. The evaluation process has changed. Like when I, like I, I saw you at, at Sling and Shoot at USF a long time ago. You know, mm-hmm. you were there, like Chad Abrams was there playing, playing safety, um, yeah. you know, back in the day. But that was like the, one of the only two or three camps in Florida that year. Like you better make it to there or else you're not getting recognized. It's and the thing is now, now the, the thing is now uh, coming off my year of coaching, like it's all, individualized like I told the guys literally like this week I was like how are y'all on the same team of high school but on y'all y'all on four different seven on seven teams mm-hmm. that sling and shoot thing we we literally was running our high school plays getting our timing with our quarterback mm-hmm. that's how we was able to earn scholarship now it's all about showcasing how many likes they can get on Instagram and how many views and it's just it is it's tearing the game up but that's where certain individuals come into play and be like hey young man that's not but, what it is you're gonna I, get humbled real quick yeah i i was talking i'm not gonna say the kid's name but this this recruit messaged me he messaged me from time to time he's trying to get offered from florida state and he's like well i'm going to the seven on seven i'm like well has your coach sent them your game film He's like, nah, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I want to show him what I can do seven on seven. I'm like, well, buddy, that's not gonna do much for you. You know, you, you got to produce on the field first, man. Mm-hmm. I was gonna, but, but, but also that's an instance where his coach isn't helping him out by, you know, putting together a cut up a film for him to to put out there. So he's got to depend on a seven on seven camp setting to get some recognition. And Nate, or, I'm gonna argue with you, Nate. I'm gonna argue, or, Nate. Or, okay, let's or argue. He, yes. Or or or, <laughs> he, or or he's better in shorts compared yep. to pads. Yep. You know, you see a confidence level go up like yep. this. Pads, you know, some people get alligator arms and pads. Mm-hmm. Seven on seven, they doing backflips and shit, doing the little dances. They totally different. The running routes aren't, aren't even real routes, you know. Listen, oh, listen. As, as a DB that played against a receivers like Kenny, I love days and pads as a safety. <laughs> as, 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 a, as a big yeah. man. And as, as Kenny, I can cover. I can I cover a lot of guys at state when I played safety. I had to I had to cover a lot of people. I played a lot on defense before I moved to running back. So like I love days and oh Kenny, cool, cool Monday, Thursday, I got you. But Tuesday, Wednesday, your ass is mine. And when you come in the slot, I'm trying to grab you, choke you. If I get my hands on you, so I mean, I get it. But the game has changed so much too, though. Mm-hmm. It's not many padded practices anymore, right? I mean, it's not many. Like you, you're in shorts and helmets a lot of the times now. So you have more, a lot more opportunity to play seven on sevens. You have football now that are that is year round. 
So you can evaluate these kids now year round. You only get to see football for a very limited condensed period of time. I also think that you know, a seven on seven is tilted more to the offense. I think it's harder yes. to play defense on a seven on seven. It is. So I, I, I think that I don't want to say it's unfair, but you know, it's a lot harder for a, def- a defensive back to go out and show out in a camp versus a wide receiver because they have all the control. Uh, unless you unless, honestly, you kid you not, you can ask Kenny. We went over, we had um South, we uh, well, I can't remember what our team was. It was Dr. Phillips and Polk County had a had a 707 team, and Nick Patty was oh, our quarterback. Badger, that Badger that Badger 707 over at USF. Mm-hmm. You know what we did? No, know, know what we ran? Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. We went against DeMar Dorsey. Um Teddy Bridgewater. Auto, oh, okay. He was on our sideline, mouth full of gold, slug grown man, going getting ready to go to Florida, go to Michigan. Big offers. You know how we're gonna stop you from touching the ball, my guy? We're gonna run man coverage across the board. Okay, how how gonna cover you this play? I'm gonna cover you. We're gonna put D, we're gonna put Kenny out there at corner. We're just gonna rotate people on you all day, give you different looks, different feels. We're gonna hey, I'm Sherman. Hey, I'm gonna be Sherman though. Yeah, like I'm just saying, like, I ain't gonna be as physical. <laughs> but that's what we're gonna do. And then that's what we did. The game is not the same. You can't run man like that. You don't got that many DBs on the field that can do that anymore. You got one kid that's highlighted on defense. And the camera's watching him, but it's watching the whole field at the same time. Like you said, Nate, it's built for the offense. For quarterbacks to sling the ball across the field, for receivers to get one-on-ones. And with safeties, it's halfway in the middle of the field to jump up. And, I mean, it's just it's different. I mean, I, it's nice to see Travis Hunter do what he did, but I've seen him do it in pads, too. Mm-hmm. Just like Derwin. We used to see Derwin in 707s. Once we seen Derwin do, Derwin do it in pads, we knew it was confirmed. Now, you just have to wait so long to see these kids developed on the actual football field. Mm-hmm. So they, they're expecting to be recruited and offered off of what they get to do most of the time, which is 707. Mm-hmm. They, just, before, it's just, they just get it confused. It's different. You're not actually getting to play football. Before we let you go, Kenny, and we haven't really asked about the current state of Fort. Uh, Florida State and the program. Just give me your thoughts on Mike Norvell. Obviously, you're staying connected with Ron Dugans. I don't know if you've had any kind of interaction with Norvell or not, but uh, I know that you're interactive a lot with the players. I think at one point you did have a film session with some of the guys about two years yeah. ago or a year ago. Um, but tell yeah. me about tell me about the current state of FSU, your thoughts on it, Mike Norvell and what he's trying to bring and kind of change the culture that has been kind of no, I, I think they move. I think they moving in the right direction. Um, it gives me like a uh, almost of a Jimbo type vibe as far as uh, the structure that he wants on and off the field, which is big, you know, because so, Tallahassee not an easy city to stay up aloof in. So um, I think he got a good staff around him. He, Kenny D seems like he he's legit. Um, Ron Dugan's, you know, you can't, you never can't beat. A, a former player on staff who got the knowledge to get the guys somewhere. And I just feel like, and then you see the recruits, they, they coming in, they're coming in. It, so it, it's almost, it's feeling like a, that's how we started with our 2010 class. It started with the recruiting things and all they got to do is get the guys locked in. It seemed like they working hard. Um, the strength and condition coach are doing their thing. I know they under good care with Jake ball head ass. I miss Jake by the way. Um, but, um, you know, with things like this in college football, you never really know until that game won. And it was the same thing with it, with our former Heisman winner. Like, we had a lot of questions 
before that Pittsburgh game. You know, nobody knew. They only knew they only knew what happens in the spring game and how good we look moving forward, but they didn't know until Pittsburgh rolled. Each week is a thing. So regardless of the matter of the fact, I'm I'm gonna always be a supporter support of Florida State, whether they go 0-10 versus, you know, I mean, so I real just quick, hope that. Real, real quick, Kenny, you caught that ball against Pitt, too, on the sideline. Oh, my God. It, you, you saw that, too, man. Yeah, hey. yeah, you caught that ball. So they was hating on us early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they always do. They always that do. First, that was our first level of hate right there. They ain't going to give them any. That was the first sign of it coming. You're right. And that, and what's happening now, man? I know the wide receivers didn't see a whole ton of love last year, but you know what? A lot of people are in, uh, expecting. You get Mackenzie Milton. That's a guy that threw Jameis threw like this. Mackenzie Milton's a special player, definitely a quarterback. He knows how to throw the ball. Um, he's been working out with a lot of the guys getting extra work in. Uh, guys mm-hmm. traveling from i can't say where because they're eventually going to be on campus but they're traveling to come put work in with them kenzie milton is a guy that was a little bit like Jameis swinson he is just a special guy that knows how to sling the ball and make plays out of nothing uh any thoughts on mckenzie milton and this offense now no i mean no question about him he as you see on on the paper he he's a winner um you know sometimes people look at injuries and think can they be who they are again? And, you know, that's all part of his mental, which I think that he's around the right group of people, then it shouldn't be a reason why he shouldn't do the same thing. So, like I say, if they piece it together, then we should have a – we should do more numbers than we did last year. Absolutely. For sure. Well, Kenny, unless anybody has anything else, I definitely appreciate you coming on here a second time, man. And we are most certainly going to be at that camp because me and Dustin had already kind of been planning on it. We were like, all right, well, we might just get a hotel for the morning. So we'll be able to wake up. Right. You know, it's Orlando. You know, it's fun here, man. That's what I was saying. I was like, Dustin, we'll go drive down there. We'll leave Friday morning, maybe get into some trouble there. Dustin, I know you're engaged, though, Dustin. Dustin just got engaged, Kenny. So I don't know if we can go. Yeah, I, I gotta Dustin, be. You, Dustin, just put the glasses on. You can be cool, man. Just be smooth, <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> Got to be careful. Honestly, if you're out in Orlando, you just got to be there. Orlando will entertain <laughs> you itself. Carlos, you might yes. have to ride with us. You might have to ride with us next month. No, I can't ride with y'all. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll meet y'all there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, Nate needs to slide yeah, through. I'm definitely awesome. not riding with y'all. Nate, come, hey, come get some coverage of the guys, you know? Yeah. That might be. It, might it's be only it. hour 45 from my house, so. That's yeah, not bad. Man, y'all just shoot me y'all numbers too, cause I told y'all no more Instagram. Don't. <laughs> we can shout out. We can shout our Instagrams at the end of this, but no more. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, no, we need to come down there. We need to put NG's Instagram though on there. We'll put go live there. Get some reach out to it, cause we got to go big. It's if you're gonna do it, then you got to do it big. Then if if it's your first camp, so uh, we'd definitely love to come give some love to it. Get some media coverage on it. Um, but uh, yeah, tell us, uh, I actually know, if you guys want to go check out the camp, find details on it. If you have any anybody younger that you think might be interested, or if you're listening to this, go to uh, Kenny's Instagram bio and click the link. It has the Eventbrite, all the details there. And like Kenny said, there's more guys supposed to be added to for guest coaches. This is, this is one of the most stacked 
uh, code, uh like camps that i've seen in a long while i'm, I'm trying to get we got to get some more reach out there this thing is nuts but definitely looking forward to it uh to be there in orlando next month uh anything anything else from anybody else i want to shout out um one of the sponsors team reaper he's in uh tampa ryan he's an old guy he reached out to me and like i say i ain't known him long but cool dude overall so team reaper y'all hit him up too okay it gets right shout out to team reaper uh but yeah i think that will do it thank you kenny for coming on once again we'll hopefully see you next month good luck with all the camp preparation uh and we'll see you soon man appreciate you appreciate you having me los be smooth you already know that i'm gonna hit you up brody all right thanks kenny and we are back after the wonderful Kenny Shaw interview. Thank him for coming on and spending a full hour with us. We're excited about being at the camp next month. We've kind of practically invited ourselves, but I think Kenny would like to have us there. And I might have my dream come true and actually get to dap up uh, Timmy Journey. And I don't know if that's probably a good idea or not, but... Uh, he and Jameis Winston are going to go through a throwing session. I got I to make sure he's right for the season. With your bad labor, you ain't doing nothing. Oh, oh I'm, I'm healed up now. Look at look at this extension. Look at this. See that? I can get up high. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see your ups. I want to see that happen. Let's jump into chick get like 15 inches off the ground for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to put you lined up. You played offensive line in high school. I'm going to line you up with Tammy Jernigan, and I want to see who wins that. What do you think, Nate, of that? What, what, what's your projection? I'll pass. <laughs> He's a free agent. He might be trying to impress someone right now, so I ain't getting in there. <laughs> All it would take is a pinky to you and be done. All right, let's jump into I'd, I'd love to see it. That'd be great. It'd be worse than Sterling. Love, lady. It'd be worse than I ain't even got it's a helmet still, on. I'd, yeah, I was about to say, instead of ripping the, the helmet <laughs> off of you, he'd rip your freaking head off. <laughs> let's jump into Chick-fil-A trivia. Finally, we got about everybody here. Dustin actually gets to participate. Los is here, too. I ask a question every week from our friends at West Tennessee Street Chick-fil-A. We love them. Definitely appreciate them partnering up with us. I'm going to ask the guys a question related to Chick-fil-A and see how smart they are. Everybody on here likes Chick-fil-A. We'll see if they actually do or not. Let's see. All right, so this is kind of just an out-of-the-blue question, but here we go. Why is the A in Chick-fil-A capitalized? You, you can say, <laughs> first to say. Well, grade A I, I know, I know, because it's grade A food. The, or why are you looking off to the side like that? I said it first. <laughs> Los did say it. Why are you looking look, off to the side? I'm looking at my food. Bullshit. For grade A meat. Grade <laughs> <laughs> A meat. It says grade A many, product. It says it grade A food or something like that. Bullshit. Although many customers believe in B happenstance or arbitrary Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy gave great consideration to the name of his restaurant, including the capitalization of the letter A, which symbolizes the top notch quality of the food and service at Chick-fil-A restaurants. Damn meat. I don't know. That's kind of iffy there. Food and service. You can't have the food. Can't have no service without food. Damn it. You got to have the best chicken around to make a good chicken sandwich. We'll give it. We'll give it to you. We'll give it. We'll give it. Don't give it to Nate. He cheated. Yeah, I think he does have Google up on. At least my guess was straight to the camera. 
That's right. You My wife was listening to. in the background. And you, at, you had your hand up, too. That was very, like, elementary school-like. Hand up first. Uh, Dustin, good to know that uh, once you get open and available to participate in these, you just fall straight on your face and there's nothing from you. Bro, I got no idea what Chick-fil-A stands yeah. for. I just know chicken. I, I was going to guess Atlanta because the headquarters are in Atlanta. I almost said that. That's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that would have been a good guess. I had no clue either. Let's jump into some basketball to finish off the podcast this evening. Florida State had their senior night last night. Florida State absolutely obliterated okay. Boston College 93-64. to 93-64. to 64. MJ Walker has his last game in Tallahassee. Uh, definitely. And then also the Michael Ojo tribute, which I saw on social media, was very special. Uh, just a, yeah, just a man. great night. Just like, just like a night of, you know, I wish I could have been there. Uh, Dustin didn't invite me, I but, didn't it seems, feeds, bro. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Austin Forest state is one game away from winning the ACC regular, uh, season championship. And are they going to do it or not for a second year in a row? Second year in a row. Are they going to do sh- it? They should. I mean, Notre Dame's been horrible these last few games. Lost to NC State at home. Should have gotten blown out, but it ended up being a little bit closer. Lost in Boston College last weekend. They're a bad team. They're a really bad team. Mike Bray's still a really good coach, but Notre Dame's such a bad team that you would think Florida State would be able to wrap this up. The Boston College game, it was pretty much over before it started. I mean, when you get beat by the walk-ons 4-2, the first three minutes, (laughs) just go home. Just get back on the bus. Try again. Credit to Jay Heath for going for whatever it was, 28 points. He was great for Boston College, but he had no help. He had absolutely no help. Florida State just kept coming after them. 78 bench points. I don't care if it was a senior night and your usual starters are coming off the bench. 78 bench points is absurd. MJ Walker was great. 18 points. Raekwon Gray was fantastic. Like 16 points, 7 of 7 from the floor. Anthony Polite had double-digit points. It, It was just a smackdown from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just the, the usual from this Florida State team after, you know, a very weird game on Saturday that saw, that saw them uh, let that UNC game slip away in the second half. You know, they, they looked like they were back into their rhythm. MJ had a fantastic game to end his career in the tuck. And, uh, you know, he got a huge round of applause whenever he did walk off the court and check out for the final time. Um, Raekwon, like you said, he just continued to – have that hot streak that he's been on over, you know, the last 10 or 12 games or so. And I thought really all of the bigs were making plays. Tanner Ingham had a, a couple, I think it was two and ones, at least one and another play where he finished tough inside. And, you know, you could just tell from the onset, which like you said, the walk-ons came on and, and took the lead over Boston college. I would have actually loved to see them play a couple more minutes with, with how they were, you know, winning the game at that point, I, I thought, why not? Because BC isn't very good. But you could tell BC was just overmatched that that entire game. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was that was what we expected Florida State to do last night. Yeah, Boston College fired their coach a couple of weeks ago for a reason. It's a bad team. Who is their uh, interim head coach right now? Because I was, I was at the game last night. He was on the court the whole game. It I think his so- name's Scott Spinelli, I think. 
didn't have his mask on and he was on the court the whole game. He, he's been at BC for like seven or eight years now. He's very, very highly regarded as an as an assistant. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting that job. Like they just they just take off the interim label this off season. That's all they were looking at Dennis Gates. That wouldn't surprise me either because his wife lives up there. I hope not because I don't want to play him. I want <laughs> Coach Gates in Tallahassee. Well, I think that would eventually happen. I mean, after we didn't really have it on the docket, but also Leonard Hamilton's extension. Yeah, I wonder how extension. that extension. Yeah, I mean Dennis Gates. I mean maybe get some get a bigger job, then boom, you're able to swoop Gates later on. Never know. I mean, I guess how much you know that extension that was announced earlier this week for Leonard Hamilton. I think it was five years, eleven, 11 yeah, eleven, eleven point two, eleven something million dollars with incentives for it to um, grow into even more. But, you know, I think it was either before the season or something like that, we were kind of talking about Hamilton's future and where we saw it going from here. And, I mean, did you think it was going to be, you know, five more years, Austin? Uh, Technically, it's four years because it's retroactive. It covers last year as well. So it's going to be through 2025. So technically, four-year extension. I I was surprised he signed one this long, though. You know, we've seen the last – what five six seasons? He just takes a one year extension, so I was I was very surprised to see him take a five year extension. Um, he still feels great, and obviously, Florida State's as good as they've ever been, and they're going to keep being as good as they've ever been, just with the talent they keep bringing in, the development they keep having. Florida State's not going anywhere, so I, I get it from both sides. I absolutely get it from both sides. What about Seth Davis? You know, tweeting out that you know. He's at Florida State as a Final Four pick. I mean, when Florida State's on, they're one of the three best teams in the country. I I agree. You know, it's just that there's too many times where they're off, and the North Carolina game's a perfect. It's a perfect picture of that the first half, Florida State's killing them both offensively and defensively. You know, Carolina went to the half shooting like twenty four percent from the field, twelve percent from three. 14 turnovers and a half. You're like, oh, wow, Florida State's about to run away with this. And in the second half, Carolina just kept getting to the free throw line, really slowed the game down, was actually making their free throws for a 65% free throw shooting team to shoot 90% insane. You have the random bench guy go for 20. It, it, was, it was a tough game for Florida State last Saturday. I, of course, had to be there for it. Um it, 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 was, it was just a perfect microcosm of what Florida State is. I mean, the ceiling oh, is as high as anyone, but they also have a pretty low floor. Hopefully they learn not to take the foot off the gas. Oh, because, sure. I, I mean, I, I, I think it's pretty much for certain that if this team plays up to their potential, they're one of the top three to four teams. I think it's interesting when you look at, you know, Baylor and Gonzaga, they kind of already penciled into that Final Four. And I think Michigan's starting to get to that level. And you know, I, I, I'm just really interested to see how Florida State competes with those, those teams. Because I, I think that, you know, you, you and I have talked about it. We talked about it on this podcast and on Twitter. You know, I, I think that Florida State matches well against any team in the country, including Zaga. So I'm, I'm just interested to see how things play out in March. Yeah, I, I just got off another podcast before I came on here. We, we were talking about the same thing, like what kind of team would scare a Florida State? And I'm like, really what would scare me is one of these mid-majors that is deep and can hit the three. Yeah, but you know, how hard is it? Well, you know. The, the, 
Yeah. I don't I don't know how many people actually like keep up with every team in college basketball, but Abilene Christian plays 10 guys and they shoot 35% from three. That's a scary team to play as a 14 seed. That I do not want to play Abilene Christian if we come March. Because how are you going to tell these guys like, oh yeah, we're going to get up for Abilene Christian? It's tough. It's not like with Murray State where you got, oh, you got John Morant. Yeah. So, it, but once you get to the second weekend and you're playing the Iowas and the Illinois, you get less concerned because we've seen this team get up for big games. Mm-hmm. We've seen it consistently all season. Smacked Louisville, smacked Virginia, smacked Clemson, smacked Florida. I mean, we've seen it all season. I also think, you know, I don't follow college basketball as closely as, as you do, of course, but you know, I, I think that, you know, there's only a handful of teams, you know, eight to 10 that can really le- legit win the whole thing. So, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of want to see mass chaos in the tournament. It's always fun to see, but I'm not really sure if we see it this year. I, th- I think we see it more than usual just because it's all in one location and guys yeah. be a little bit more used to the gyms. It's not like usual where you get maybe three practices in the gym you're playing in. These teams that are going to go to the Final Four, they'll be in the same gym for almost a month. That's very uncommon for March Madness. And I, I think once we get in those later weekends, you're going to see some really hot shooting teams benefit. Like Florida State, it'll help them a ton if they get to that second weekend just because mm-hmm. they're used to the gyms they're playing in now. Well, I know we talked about this at the beginning of the season with Aria, but you know, with COVID-19 affecting the stands and everything, Florida State, once again, still is able to keep one of their biggest streaks with 25 games in a row against ACC opponents. That is incredible. And you told us, Austin, you know, I thought maybe that this team would be more effective without having FSU fans there because I think it's a definitely the the fan base is loud. It's increased a lot more and everything. But uh, Florida State still handled their own, still the stands that are in the – the, the fans that are in the stands now obviously are still loud and, and make a great atmosphere, but uh, Florida State still held out. it down. Yeah, I mean, you get up sometimes. I don't see you get up a lot. Because <laughs> you got me your... tweeting the whole damn game. He can, he can last night, last night I actually had a good time. Yeah, Dustin actually got to take a night off. I don't think he needed to really have to tweet Florida State's up by 24. Yeah, I was like, it, it's Boston College. I enjoy <laughs> um, this. But yeah, the, the Florida State still played very well. Uh, this whole season and it kept one of their biggest streaks with having that ACC streak. 25 games. 25! One, That's ridiculous. One went away from tying the ACC record and you know damn well ACC is going to give us Carolina or Duke or Virginia to open the conference slate. Oh yeah. Oh, you, you want 26? Yeah, here you go. Have fun. Oh yeah. Prime time blockbuster right there Monday night. Absolutely. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But it's just a testament to how tough it is to play in the Tucker Center. Even if UCF came in and had the weirdest game of all time against us, that's what I was gonna say. What would the streak be if, like, just the overall home streak if oh, UCF God. would have won? Wouldn't it be? I'd have to go back, but it'd be in the fifties. Yeah, oh, because it was. It was 40. I was gonna say close to forty, but yeah, no, it was. It was forty-one when it ended. Yeah, oh. it was, it'd be nearing. The, so, it, and we, I think we've had like eight or nine home games since early fifties. I think it'd be in the fifties. Yeah, that's insane. And there had to be that. Just this random UCF team that's what eight and eleven. Yeah. Now? Pieces of it's weird. You know, Florida State probably wins that game ninety-eight times out of a hundred. It just happened to be one of those two. Mm-hmm. Uh Tanner Nam and also Nate Jack in here too. I saw before the game uh that they plan on coming out. And some people were giving Nam some 
heat I saw on Twitter. I mean, maybe they're just being idiots and trolls, but I've liked how Nam has played. He's played just, well. He played really well last night. I think he's played well for a few games and like definitely last night for sure. Just a few. They were just saying they decided to allow them to come back where you could have tried to grab younger and recruits I mean, or they, transfers. They don't, count, they don't count towards the scholarships. So why, yeah. why not? That's that's the Florida State fan base for you. They're not educated <laughs> enough. There's yeah, like so you know. there was people tween last night. And I'm like. At least for me, I'm like I, I'm a fan of Nam, and the games that I've gone to, he's played pretty well. I'm like, well, I mean, the that. way I the way the way I look at it is, you know, right now it looks like if things stay how they are, you're probably going to get Raekwon Gray back again. You're going to get Balsa back again. Malik Osborne's going to come back, and now you get Tenor back. So you get your entire big man rotation from this year back again with another year of experience. And that should help Florida State kind of alleviate a little bit of the youth that they're going to deal with in the beginning of the season as they start to try and get some new faces in that backcourt. And the main question right now is whether Raquan Evans comes back. You know, he, you mean he Gray? Was, no. no, Evans. Because he, he was honored last night in, for senior night, but uh, he could still decide he wants to come back. He hasn't fully decided yet. Florida State's going to need some experience in that backcourt. With Jalen Worley coming in, Matthew Cleveland coming in, you want an experienced point guard, and him coming back would be huge for Florida State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also I'm still trying to like figure out. I mean, right now it looks like Raekwon Gray's playing against middle schoolers and bullying the hell out of them. I'm just still making sure he doesn't start thinking if he has a big ACC tournament postseason that he isn't like. Ah. I mean, he he's popping up on some big boards that I keep up with, but it's in the 80s to 90s. It's not worth him coming out if he's going to go undrafted. How much does that change for him if he were to come back? Does that really jump him up for next season? I mean, if he comes back next year and shoots 35% from three, yeah, absolutely. I was looking at um, a, a mock draft today, and they had MJ at about 38. And I honestly, in my opinion, I think Raekwon Gray has had a more impressive season than MJ this year. Absolutely. And if he comes back again and you know continues to improve, like you said, get his percentage um, – out, out of the three-point line a little bit higher, I mean, you know, there's a potential he sneaks into the back half of that first round or is right there early in the second round uh, as a senior coming out. I mean, MJ can have a long NBA career just being a three-point shooter and a good defender. You know, I've seen a few people say he's KCP. It's, it's not a bad comparison. You just get him pegged him, to the Celtics today. Yeah, just, just let him sit behind the three-point line, hit a few threes, play some good defense, bring some emotion. That's really all you need to have a second-round pick, and I think he can do that for a while. I'm I'm gearing up, boys. What we got to start doing podcasts earlier now. We're gonna have to get rid of our Thursday nights. Yeah, probably gonna have to go to Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on what y'all want to do. March March is gonna be a wild month. Now we're ready to prepare for March we know, madness. Do we know what day Florida State plays next? It's week? gonna be, it's gonna be Thursday. Either way, okay. it's gonna be Thursday. So yeah, um, we won't be recording. What, on Thursday. Depends what happens Saturday for. So we'll time. need to we'll need to record probably on Wednesday because. The, the the opponent FSU plays will be playing Wednesday to determine Thursday, right? Yeah, or we could just do a whole ACC preview. I was thinking Tuesday, then we get because I, you know, we get the episode out on Thursday morning. Got to get. I'm. We can talk about this afterwards. We'll have post production meeting. But yeah. anything else <laughs> yeah. basketball wise, we're having like our production meeting <laughs> here on the episode. Yeah, I mean Saturday, like we said, it's been beat, so long at this point. Yeah, you you beat Notre Dame on Saturday. Yep. Back to back ACC regular season championships. 
Only Virginia, North Carolina, and Duke have done that since 1980. Four short states list. of blue bud. Blue bud. Blue bud. Blue bud. Blue bud. And that's after never doing it before last season. I know, right? That's and what even, I was... And even if you get even if you lose at Notre Dame, Virginia still has to play at Louisville, which is not an easy game. So it's looking it's looking promising for Florida State. What time is that game for Florida State on Saturday? Right noon. now it's at noon. Right now at noon. <laughs> which sucks. And yeah. I think noon Virginia, Virginia plays at either four or six. I forget off the top of my head. Oh, last thing I do want to say that Michael Ojo video last night in the tuck. I mean, man. That was just some. I'm not, I'm not ready for it to hit. It, it was some media. outstanding work. I mean, they you could tell they they put a lot into it. I mean, they had clips of him playing. They had clips of him doing stuff like off the court at like media days and things like that. I mean, man, it was crazy. Like I, I legit I wanted to cry in the stands. Hundred percent. It was like five minutes. It was wow. it was tough to watch and like. That was he was a that was the first year that my parents got season tickets um 2013 so he was the first class of freshmen that I that like I got to watch consistently like actually being in the tuck and yeah man it was just heartbreaking yeah I, I still can't believe it even however much much longer it's been it's been eight months or whatever it's been I just I still can't believe it you know when I first showed up to Florida State and started working with the team. He was the senior. He was the leader that everybody just gravitated towards. And there's so many stories of us doing shooting drills after practice. It'd be me, him, and Trent Forrest just killing free throws out for hours. He's just such a great guy. It's such a shame. And still miss you, Big O. Yeah. Well, definitely appreciate everybody listening to the show with us. Uh, next week starts spring practice on Tuesday. We'll most likely be recording on that day. We'll see what happens. We'll get ready for March Madness, too. Hey, before, for the we go, before we go, before we go, uh, Travis Hunter is the best player in the last two classes. Whoa, whoa, okay. whoa. We're going Raising that the bar. far. <laughs> okay. who, was, who was the biggest one before? Like, who are you saying the class before that? Who was it? I, 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 number one this past cycle was uh, Corey Freeman, who went to uh, USC. Then, then J.C. J- uh, Latham, who – offensive lineman that went to uh, Alabama. You know, a couple – you know, traditionally, you know, the, the trenches or quarterbacks have been number one. But, you know, he's definitely the best def- defensive back since uh, Derek Stingley. And I think he's better at this stage. Than Stingley was, so you know, debate, debate. Hit me on Twitter if you want to debate it, but uh, yeah, T Hunter. I'm glad how we're having to like tell people once again that he is the best. <laughs> hey, all this love for Travis Hunter, and he still can't come on the podcast. I'm gonna have to snip it for you, Nate. Yeah, no, like, yeah, we're, we're clamoring for you, man. <laughs> Well, I definitely appreciate everybody listening to the episode. This has been a long one. So thank you guys if you made it this far for hanging out with us. If you are hanging out this far into here, if y'all could go on y'all's iTunes app, the Apple's podcast and rate us five stars and leave a review. We would definitely appreciate it. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Uh, If you're on Google Play, hit the subscribe button. Do everything. Definitely shout out to Kenny Shaw for coming on here a second time looking forward to his camp uh yeah everybody have a great rest rest of y'all's week we'll see if florida state is able to seal 
the ACC regular season championship for a second year row on Saturday. We will talk to you guys very, very soon. Y'all have a great weekend.